0: Howard from the Padoma Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Druid State Studios in California. It's episode 262 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, it's our 14th media panel as we welcome John McTavish and Eric Arpenson as our special guests. And as always, Primetime is sponsored by Saga Cigars. Douglas Race introduced another chapter of the saga, Saga Celez. Celez is a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing idea of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Celez is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Celez carries a blend of Coyote Olor and Piloto Cubano wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade Claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in three sizes at an affordable price. Ask your retailer for Saga Celez. And by Perdomo Scars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan Sungrown, and a dark-oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combine these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and fillet tobaccos with each blend of balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo cigars are a family-owned and operated company, headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double H12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon barrel Perdomo Lot 23 Perdomo Menso 70, and many more great tasting notes, and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Cavalier Genève. Cavalier Cigars, Cavalier Cigars. Smoke gold, stay gold. Join the inner circle and follow Cavalier Cigars on Instagram at Cavalier underscore cigars and on their Facebook page at Cavalier Genève Cigars. That's Genève, G-E-N-E-V-E. You can also visit your local tobacconist and join the movement that is Cavalier Cigars. They're consistently regarded highly by Cigar Lovers Anywhere, as well as high ratings by the Cigar Industry Press. You'll also want to follow them on Instagram at Cavalier underscore cigars because they do some very unique giveaways throughout the whole year. Cavalier Cigars, smoke gold, stay gold. And finally by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic, Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted deepest, darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The All Maduro Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is a rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced cigar offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat Retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime of shows, as well as the California studios for the Thursday edition of the Primetime Show, is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Episode 262. Today is Thursday, April 6, 2023. Nice to have everyone aboard here. Uh... Will Cooper, I am in the Perdomo Scar Studios on the Black Stage. And I'm joined cross country by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing good. And the Phillies didn't play today, so I feel good.
1: Yeah. So give you a chance to reset the team and see if they can come back and uh
0: hit. <laughs> you know, it gets we did our baseball show the other night, Aaron, and it's funny because you know we all kind of root for Miguel Reds to kind of right. do well. And well, we gotta play the Reds now. So I, I mean I hate to say it. We I need to we need to sweep this. <laughs> I just have I, I they gotta put the hammer down this weekend on this, you yeah. know? So uh but yeah, that's uh that's what's going on with that. So uh you know, um um I was actually glad that the home opener got rained out today. Because yeah. my I have tomorrow to watch the home opener. So right. I'm much more enthusiastic today would have been a bad day for me to watch the home opener, but tomorrow yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be, I should be done with everything in time where I could just kind of kick back, uh, light up a couple of cigars and, and hopefully watch a good ball game uh, for a change. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, should be good. I think,
1: uh, you know, the reds aren't, uh, aren't Burmer. So you guys should have a good shot.
0: No, no, know. So we'll see what, what, what happens with that for sure. Um, but, uh, like Aaron, I'd say let's uh, let's introduce our friends here tonight uh, yeah. who are joining us here. Uh, this is um, – we do media panels from time to time, and we this is the 14th edition of the media panel. Both of these guys have been on before, but we like to kind of always mix it up with folks. Uh, first from Cigar Jojo. Dojo. Dojo erica thompson
2: what is going on fellas glad cool. to be here tonight yeah you know, ab-
0: absolutely great to have you. some
2: cigars and talk I, to you cats
0: i know i know uh but no great to have you here uh coming from the dojo studios in the rocky mountains so uh appreciate it uh joining as always
2: go avalanche the game is starting in about one minute or something like that
0: yeah yeah No, hope you guys do well this year um, it's kind of weird. The mountain time zone's taken over tonight because kind of north in the mountain time zone, across the border. Uh, he's coming from the Postani studios. Um, he's the cigar surgeon, the conscious Canadian, John McTavish.
3: Always a pleasure to be on. And yes, mountain time, of course, known as the only time that really matters. It is April 6th, and Aaron Rodgers is still not a New York Jet. I don't know, you know, I was kind of hoping maybe we'd go into the long weekend with, a, with with some positive energy, but we're still waiting and seeing. I'm, I'm just going to enjoy the <laughs> night with some friends and some cigars and tell people what we really think.
0: So it, you and I were talking on Tuesday, and there's this, I guess I could say it's a rumor, right? I'm, there's a rumor going on that there's another team now talking to Aaron Rodgers. Have you gotten any info on that? If if you think there's something to that or not?
3: So the, the source of the rumor seems to be a New York media person who, uh, and I don't know the New York media people as well as you do. Coop. But from what I can read behind between the, the lines, he's essentially trying to generate headlines because I guess there hasn't been enough jets coverage in the last couple months. I mean, as a Jets fan, I feel like we're, we're good for the season. Like if we have no more Jets stories through the entire regular season, we're all good. But I guess the media is looking at, you know, this is kind of a throwback to 2009 where they're like, Hey, you know what? Everything, everything's leading right now. Let's, let's say Rogers going to 49ers. And the the funny thing about that is it. I think it's well known that Rogers has a very Long standing chip on his shoulder from being passed over in the draft, the 49ers. He's, he said publicly that he'd never get over that. Uh, that was the team he wanted to play for. He was very upset about it. And besides the fact that the 49ers have their quarterbacks. So, like, I think it's just going to get, I think the closer we get to the draft and the closer we get to the start of uh, practice, I think the insanity is just going to keep ramping up and it's just going to get ludicrous. And like I said, I'm, out, I'm, I'm a Jets fan. I'm already sick of it. I can only imagine how fans uh, out there of other teams are going to feel in a couple months' time when this is, you know nothing but what the media is talking about.
0: I'll say one thing, John. Um, so the, the reporter the, the, the guy who's reporting is Craig Carton. He's the afternoon right. uh, host. Craig is, a, I would say is a sports shock jock. He, he likes mm-hmm. to create controversy. Um, he's very good at creating controversy, but I will say one thing. When he has gotten scoops, he's his accuracy is always on the money. He has something, I believe. So no he, rumors, I,
2: I, no teasers from him. He, but
0: he, he, you know, he does rumors and teasers, but he usually but has true. the he usually has the right answer. So it's um, it, it it's happening. So um, well, that I can remember be
3: very
0: he, spicy. yeah, I mean, I remember he reported. I think it was the Mets manager getting fired. When it when no one saw, saw it coming things, so he's had these. He has a very good track record of being right. More and very, I don't think I've ever seen him wrong in these cases. So, but, the, but he hasn't said who it is. So it's kind of leading me to believe he's trying to flush it out a little more
4: because
0: mm-hmm. he's gonna be the one. He's got a little bit of an ego, and he's gonna be the one to say I had the story. So it, I think if he's probably flushing stuff out, uh, especially if they sign with another team, you know. So. There's really nothing to say if if they're negotiating, you know, but if, if they if they end up signing, then he's got like I got the exclusive, so
3: well, I'll tell you what if Rogers does end up going to the Jets and then on top of that, they decide to go with the Jets again for hard knocks i don't I don't know if I can go out public wearing my jets jersey because I feel, like I said, I think it's just gonna be a return to two thousand and nine where uh it's gonna be the wrong kind of attention on the team, but we'll see we'll see what happens. I mean, uh we're not even in a draft season yet. So, you yep. know, the preseason is in full ludicrous or off season. I should say is in full ludicrous mode.
0: Yep. Yep. I agree. All right. So let's get into some of our topics tonight and some of the top, we, we have, we have some pretty good topics. I think tonight, a lot of them are going to be more from the me- from the media angle tonight too. So I think we have some things that are a little more specific with media, but I think to kind of lead it in, we have to kind of just address the elephant on, on, on in the room. Um, and I've heard I've heard Aaron and I talked about this last week, so I know Aaron's take on this. And we can. And I know, Eric, I heard your show. You have a, a take on it that's probably different than Aaron and I. Um, and we'll get into that. But, John, let's kind of start off with you on your take on this. Uh, the PCA Trade Show um, is moving to the spring. And I haven't heard what – I think I've heard – I know offline we've talked, but maybe you could talk about what your opinion is of that, John. John um, we'll let you kick that off.
3: Gosh, how much time do we have – Um, I understand the, first of all, I just want to say before I get myself in hot water, I uh, embrace the PCA, I support the PCA, I've been going to the PCA since 2013, I think I only missed one year because my government wouldn't let me get on an airplane to come down and see the show, otherwise it would have been there too, Um, so I want to see the show succeed, so I just want want to be able to link back to that comment later when people say that I hate the PCA. Um, you know, from what I understand, they didn't have a lot of options moving the dates. So I don't know to their, to their defense. I don't know that this was necessarily their first choice. I think they were looking what was available and it's kind of one of those things of, you know, do you want option a, which is March or option B, which is nothing, or, you know, maybe it's November or maybe it's something worse. Um, I think it's fine from the perspective of if it's a one-off, you know, people are going to make it work. Um, I've heard Abe say this. I've heard, I think James Brown say this. And I've heard um, uh, uh, Saka say this, that it's one of those things of if you're going to go to the show, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if it's in March. It doesn't matter if it's in January. It doesn't matter if it's in July. I mean, we've been down to the show in July when it was like 121 degrees and our shoes were melting in the asphalt and the whole time, like, man, it's, it's hot out there. And we were still at the show because we wanted to attend the show. So from that perspective, I, I'm still going to be at the show in March. Um, as a Canadian, I am going to take some perhaps perverse joy and everyone's experience in the weather in March. And I'm going to say, okay, now, you know, we're smoking a 52 degree weather tell me honestly, would you prefer to smoke in Vegas in 117? Or would you prefer to smoke in Vegas in 52? And uh, you know, I'm probably people are going to get sick of me asking that question. Um, But it'll be really interesting to see how people feel smoking, you know, in the elements in, uh, in March, which is, you know, not technically winter, but in Vegas, it's, it can be a little chilly. Um, I think if, if, uh, if I was on the planning committee, um, Going forward, I would not want to target a March date. I think March is probably the worst timing. Yep. I in fact, I would argue that it's worse than July from the perspective of, and you know, bringing this in as media. You have, gosh, I think I wrote it down. So you've got, you had the TPE, Puro yep. Sabor, Pro Cigar, yep, uh, TAA, the Great Smoke. Yep. Habanos Festival. Not that anyone necessarily cares, but there are some media folks out there that cover the Habanos Festival, uh, Big Smoke Whiskey Fest, uh, and then there's like another Big Smoke that I think is in February, uh, and that's like that's what I just wrote down on short. Like, and the factory list. and the
0: factory trips
3: and the factory trips. Yep. Because because there's there's really only one quarter that you can. I mean, if you want to go down to Nicaragua and see dirt fields, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but. I think generally when you go down to Nicaragua or the Dominican Republic, you want to see tobacco. And if you want to see tobacco, well, it's going to have to be Q1. So I, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And so when you when you mix in March Madness um, you know, which is outside of the industry, it's not really an ideal time to have a trade show, but I say that with the full understanding of they probably didn't have a lot of options uh, this is the you know the best possible choice I assume of what they had available, and I'm I'm still going to be there. And I assume that most of the people that exhibited last year or exhibiting in July this year will probably be there as well. Uh, but going forward, i i would not I would not think March is the ideal time. Um, you know, I would think that probably April or May. Maybe the last, you know, maybe even the third week of April, kind of trying to avoid Mother's Day. Third week, I mean, I know it's tough. There's a lot going on in the U.S. There's a lot of holidays. There's, you know, there's the Masters. There's a lot going on. So there's no, I don't think there's a magic bullet, but March is going forward not probably the right time.
0: Hey, How hey, before, well, thanks, John. Um, hey, before we kind of go on, I just want to uh, touch base What everyone's smoking tonight. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I, well, I skipped that. So,
3: since my mic is still hot, uh, I'm because sm- uh, I'm in the Postani Studios, and as uh, per my contract, uh, I'm just kidding, I'm smoking Roma Craft uh, Aquatane tonight. Uh, I was looking through the humidor, I'm like, that'd be a good way to start tonight yeah. off. If we go long, that'd be a good cigar for that.
0: Nice, Eric. What are you smoking?
2: I am smoking the Illusione Alegria, um, super good. Uh, I really dig this stick, and I'm drinking. None other than Topo Chico, as you might Topo imagine.
0: Uh, why am I not surprised?
2: <laughs> well, it was either bourbon or Topo Chico. You, you got me figured out. Coop. <laughs> okay.
0: Aaron, you're not smoking, right? I am not smoking this evening. Okay. I am smoking uh, the soon-to-be-released Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Edition Diamante. Uh, and it's starting off really tasty. So mm. Does that
3: count as a teaser, Coop?
0: No, mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a pre-release. <laughs> it's a pre-release. Okay. Yeah. It, 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 no. Yeah, it's and, so far and I forgot tasty. to
3: mention I forgot to mention I am of course imbibing because yeah. uh you know loose loose lips yeah. is always more fun in the show and I yeah. just to go with the Glenn Larangi yeah. La Santa which um it's a nice it's a nice yeah. whiskey it goes with a lot of cigars
0: nope very good very good yeah Eric you I heard I heard uh the dojo show uh from was it last week what well, a week before I forget but it was I heard the dojo show you had a different take on this you you were more up up on this to date
2: so uh, you know there's a lot of aspects to this um okay. and um there's several things are that you know, like they say two things can be true at once right like um i i'm a hot weather guy right i love i love the heat bring bring on 110 i'm 100 percent fine with that i'm totally cool with that so I don't mind the show being in, in the summertime um, at all. Uh, that being said, um, I, I like the fact that the PCA Now I don't know. I don't really exactly know how all this comes to be. And I I, I want to try to find this out, you know, when I talk to Scott Pierce and stuff, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't exactly know what is going into this. If, it, you know, if this is like a long-term thing being in the winter. But I like the idea of the PCA throwing their weight around a bit, um, pushing closer to uh, TPE. You know, let's, let's, you know, make people uh, make a choice. Do we have to have, you know, two shows that we go to? Do we have to have two releases for every cigar company? You know, I don't know. Um, I kind of like, I like the fact that the PCA is, is trying to accommodate and obviously it's worked um, to some extent already um, because, with um, you know STG coming back as forged um, for the show, and that was one of the main reasons that they that they listed. Um, uh, you know the change in date. Uh, I've talked to a lot of retailers, and the, all the re- pretty much every retailer that I've talked to says that they like this so much better because they're so busy in the in the summertime. I know I heard Abe say it doesn't matter, blah blah blah, and I'm sure to, maybe to him it doesn't matter, but it does to other people. Um, so. I I like it. Um also I also agree with what John said that March maybe isn't the best date like it would I think you know April 22nd would be a lot mm-hmm. better. Um a April 22nd is um out of all the things that John mentioned factory tours heck this year um I would have either had to choose between going to Honduras or going to PCA. So that would have been a drag whereas in April you you don't really have those things that much you people aren't really typically doing factory tours at all or anything in April. So I agree with everything John said. Um so maybe this date isn't perfect, but I still don't hate it. I still like it. I still like the PCA saying, "Okay, let's try to accommodate cuz doesn't it seem like it's just forever guys that it was you know, five years ago, PCA just basically said we're doing what we want to do. We don't care what anybody says. I don't. We don't care about the feedback, and the show was dying. And so, I like now that it seems like they're listening and trying to accommodate people. So I think it's a positive move.
0: I, I I agree with you on that part, Eric. Because like I am very, I've been very critical of the of the March move. I would have kept it in July one more year. That's just that's just me. And I'll we'll get into a few reasons in a, a minute. But I do like the fact that look, you can't deny that there were people who wanted this trade show moved. I think they had a lot of the wrong reasons why they wanted it moved. And I think um I'm not sure if make move will make the difference, but nonetheless, there were people who did not want this trade show in July anymore. So you gotta give them credit. They responded back to the constituents and now, uh, you know, when you know if this thing goes back to New Orleans next year, people better be careful what they wish for, is all I'm telling you. Um So, but, well, what do you
2: what do you mean? Like because of the the date or because of the location, New Orleans?
0: I think New Orleans is just a. I have a lot of problems with New Orleans. um, Yeah, me too. But first of all, I don't think we should giving it. I don't think we should be giving it to them. When me uh, neither, I agree. But we've been. All of us have been to New Orleans. We know that's not as good a location. It's nothing against the city, but it's not as good a location as Vegas. It just doesn't logistically. It doesn't work.
2: Hey, but I'll say this, I'd sure rather go to New Orleans in March than when we went to New Orleans the uh, last time. I, right, right, right. Now, so, now I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty
3: sure I lost uh, 15 pounds just walking from this yeah. the hotel. To, to well, the
2: convention
3: I mean, center. I,
0: I have already told cigar companies that they want to sponsor electric blankets for us in March <laughs> uh, at the media compound because we're going to need electric blankets out there when, when we're smoking in 50, 49 degree weather.
3: Colorado boys and the Alberta boys will not need electric. Of course
0: not. You guys.
2: We've been going to TPE for the last five years and that's in February or January. And it's a lot colder. Heck my, uh, my swim trunks froze solid uh, out by the swimming pool. The last time I was at, not a TPE. So, you know, you deal with it. It's not that big a deal. Yeah,
0: Yeah. You know, that's uh, I I mean, I hear you on that. Um, I mean, I hear you on that. It's definitely true. You know, okay. So the, you know, Abe talked a lot about this on Saturday, right? And we, we and Aaron, we haven't really had a chance to talk about these two topics, right? Abe said, Abe's point was, and Abe and I usually disagree on stuff like this, we were more in agreement on stuff this time than usually we're always a mile apart on this. But he said two things. He said the location of the trade show really doesn't matter if, one, the people going to the trade show are getting good deals, and two, you create a fun environment. So, I'm kind of curious on folks' thoughts on that. And, you know, I'll just kind of throw it out there and say, that's why I don't think a date change is going to make a big difference until those two things are addressed.
2: Wait, can you say those two things again? Yeah, I'm number sorry. one,
0: you have no problem. Number one is you go to the trade show and you have good deals. So okay. there's a reason why you go buy and there's really good deals. And number two is you create a fun environment, you know, so people will go there, mm-hmm. something that's an experiential type of thing. Mm-hmm. If you do those types of things, I agree with Abe. I don't think it matters when you're moving this trade show. I think the okay. trade show will still have all the same problems in March as it did in July. Maybe. And I, I'm not even convinced they're going to get more people either on it.
2: Okay. Um, and uh, I'll go first. And then, John, you, you can yeah. jump in if you. Yeah. But here, here's my point to that, Coop, is um, you're right, right? You're right. What, what you said is true and what right. Abe said is true but then w- why not still add a third thing which is having it at a date that more people want like
0: yes fair, fair what, point
2: what yep. you said is true yeah true true both things are true but then also but now we're going to have it in at a, a crap in right in the middle of summer and nobody wants to go in, in summer like so like there can be like three things that you know um to to make it even better like why why not why not have all three things better
0: uh- I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I, I believe that the summer dates and I've said this, I said this last week. I don't believe the problem with the summer dates was that people can't leave their store. I think that's a, I don't subscribe to that argument. And I know some retailers are going to get mad at me on that. I believe that people just, they don't want to be going to a convention in the summer. I mean, okay, it's well summer vacation. enough. I think that's re- it's summer vacation and that I can understand. You know, maybe you have employees who are taking vacation at that time of the year that I can understand a little more. So I'm not disagreeing with you, Eric. I think that is a fair point you make. But what I'll say is just moving the date, you haven't all you have solved any problem. And the trade just – look, it's on the upswing. I think we agree on it, but it's still got problems right now that it needs to address. I think they took some steps to address the fun part this year a bit, though. Aaron disagreed with me on that, but – Yes.
3: Yeah. And Before we get into that, because I, I I feel like we've just scratched the surface on this because I think – there's sort of three pillars to that. You've got a and and, and I think it's I think it'd be be really uh, honest here to make sure that we talk about that because there's an there's an exhibitor perspective which is which is a big piece because exhibitors are the ones that are spending you know bulk of the money to come and make the show possible. You've got the retailers, which is the whole reason the exhibitors want to be there in the first place, and then you've got the attendees, which range from you know some retailers, some media people. And then you know some people who are just friends of retailers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think it's probably an important distinction to make that moving in March might be better for the retailers. Uh, and and to coop to uh, Eric's point, um, you know maybe there's a lot of retailers that are like, look, uh, I can leave my shop in March because it's dead. We're probably making a lot of our purchasing decisions in March. That's a good time for me to make purchasing decisions. But from a manufacturer's perspective, they might be saying, well if we just had a show 7 months prior where that math doesn't work out 8 months prior i think that's more close um that's that's kind of a big ticket item for us to work into our expenses for the next year when you know we're you know allotting whatever marketing fund from the from the 8 months prior plus we haven't had enough time to prepare sort of what we intend to exhibit for 2023 and i think you know not to bring tp into this but, Coop, you've mentioned, and I think it's a fair point, that one of the criticisms of the TPE is that it's very tough for manufacturers to have products to exhibit in February because the products are not ready. So, you know, even if the products were ready, they're not ready to ship in the, in the most part. So, I think you, you do have a, a bit of a challenge with the exhibitors to say, uh, are you going to have something to exhibit uh, eight months after you just had a trade show in Vegas? and if you have something to exhibit when is that going to be available can people yeah. purchase it are they going to have to wait and i think that is going to be interesting to see how that plays out because you know that's certainly kind of a key pillar of that whole trade show happening in the first place
0: yeah i mean i think i think eventually they'll adjust the cycle but it's going to take two or three years
3: well but are they going to adjust the cycle because i mean right now and not to be dead horse, but right now, how many men, how many manufacturers uh, exhibit in July? And of course, you know, we as media kind of joke that, well, okay, I look forward to your cigar that you sold in July. I can't wait to review it on, you know, November 14th to get it in for uh cigar of the year. And, you know, so the question is, uh, is that still going to be the case? Are you going to sell something in March and it's not going to ship until the second or third week of, of, of november of that year i mean i guess it doesn't impact anything if you can still sell it in march but gosh that's a long time to wait for a product
0: it, it is it is it is um there's no doubt about it um you know a lot of people are asking me what this meant from like how i do cigar of a year i don't know yet how i'm gonna change it I'm, I'm still envisioning i'll have a mid-year cutoff date but i may be able to get more cigars in is the difference um I don't think I'll go to a March cutoff date, you know what I'm saying? So, but I don't know. I haven't figured out how people ask me, I don't I haven't figured I haven't put much thought into that yet. Um, but I, I don't I even make
1: any changes or any speculative changes until you see how the manufacturers respond. So. Exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. I just I think I'm just gonna keep the cycle the same for now. Um, which which is what I would do. Um, you know, the on the flip side, what I thought was interesting was, you know. These manufacturers can't even get the PCA exclusives to the table, right? And imagine when they're going to have a short window next year for 2024 to deliver PCA exclusives. I mean, I, I know of one PCA exclusive that hasn't shipped yet, and I believe it's 724s that hasn't shipped yet. So we're like, we're nine months away from, out from the last show. So I'm just kind of really curious to see what, what the manufacturer is going to do with their PCA exclusives.
3: Yeah. I I mean, I have to assume that the, you know, regardless of when the date got changed, it was going to be impactful for 2024 because, you know, whether it was earlier or later, people have to respond to that. And, you know, there's, there's always a bit of a learning curve to that. I think the question really is going to become, are you able to, you know, like we've done consistently for, I don't know, the last five or six trade shows have a window where you say, this is when the trade show is going to be and whatever date that is, just say, within a reasonable three week window say, yeah, the trade show is going to be in March or the trades go, trade show trade shows going to be in April and just sort of commit to that time frame for consistency. I think that's probably a big part in going forward, retailers being able to plan around that exhibitors being able to plan around that media people don't really matter, but I mean, for the exhibitors and the, and the retailers, the, I think that's probably important to say, yeah, we can consistently count on the the show being, you know, March or April or whatever they kind of land on permanently or if they you know can, can land on something permanently
0: let me, let me ask Eric this question here because Eric I think you're in a similar boat to, to me with what we do in the first quarter have you thought about how this is going to affect dojo coverage and dojo activities in the first quarter next year um, so something's got to give I mean it's going to give with me I can tell you that
2: I don't think it really affects us at all, um, in any kind of way. Are are you talking about our year-end list, or no, no? I'm talking
0: about I'm talking about the first quarter of the year. uh, Factory visits, TPE, yeah, uh, yeah, you know those types of things.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, this we didn't go to TPE this year um, because we went to Nicaragua, um, and so I, uh, you know, you just can't do it all. I will probably there's a good chance that we may not do TPE anymore. You know, if it stays at this date, um, it kind of seems silly to, to cover both shows. Um, so we probably, probably wouldn't, I, I don't know. Like if I'm bored, maybe we'll just go out there anyways and, 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 you know, do some social media or something like that maybe, but I can't see us, you know, doing like full blown coverage of both shows if they're just, you know, two months apart. Now this did happen, um, A few years ago you guys remember um covid uh Mm -hmm. year the year after was it 2021 i think um the tpe got moved into may and so they were only you know a month and a half apart the two shows we went to both um but and it seemed kind of weird like why are we covering both of these things like it does it didn't really make a ton of sense so um i can imagine either us not going to tpe or maybe covering it in a different way uh maybe just you know a lighter coverage of some sort um so yeah that part will change coop um other than that i don't i don't really see you know i i guess that if they're you know we have to schedule all of our factory visits at different times you know we would just you know i'm guessing like they probably move like because these guys like perdomo and and camacho and stuff they do a lot of like european tours and stuff as well yeah so they could move those to that time because those guys probably aren't going to pca you know um so they could do those tours during the pca week and then do our tours on other weeks um that kind of thing that's sort of the way i envision it going but i haven't put a ton of thought into it
0: yeah i mean i was already putting thought into it before the the show moved um just because it was already becoming a problem and I think the I mean, it's something that's going to give and uh, we're going to talk a little more about coverage following this topic, too. But something's going to have to give, I think, with me. Um, and I think it's just going to be I think what, what the way I'm seeing me right now, uh, probably the two staple things I'll do is uh, pro cigar as as long as they will have me and uh, PCA mm. and everything else will rotate. If or I was we'll PCA,
2: if I was PCA and I knew that the TPE was. I don't know, January twenty eighth to the thirty first. I would make my show February first to the fifth. Just boom, (laughs) But right up against it.
0: See, I know, and I've had discussions with people saying, "Well, there's not really competition between these two shows." There definitely is competition between these two shows. I don't. I will not. No, you can't convince me otherwise. I mean, it says on
1: at the convention at the Las Vegas Convention Center, you just say leave your leave your booth there. You don't even have to move in again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I know for Joe, I think Perdomo uses the same booth at, booth at both. So he could just yeah. like, he, yeah, I mean, so why not? Uh, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if I see. I don't think TP is moving anytime soon, right, is what I'll say, because I still think that they're, the other part of that show is their bread and butter.
2: TP doesn't care what PCA does. They they don't care because they they're, you know, 75% of what they do is other stuff. So they don't, they could care less what the premium cigar guys
0: do, so- really. So, question does does PCA care about what TP does, and do you think that this? Yeah, I think they do. I think they saw some momentum being chipped over the last few years, and uh, they this. I don't think that was the reason why they moved. Don't get me wrong, but I'm sure it. I'm sure it didn't like her. Yeah, I'm sure. Wow, they weren't worried about going right up against TP. Right.
5: Interesting. Um, Yeah, I, I don't.
2: Oh, sorry. Go ahead, John.
3: I was just going to say I don't I don't know if this is sort of part of that topic, but you know we briefly touched on potential venue changes for twenty 2020, twenty, gosh twenty twenty five. Yeah, uh, and I will say that is probably more impactful than I think having the March trade show because you know we've and we've I think we've beaten this topic to death, but people need to understand that for a manufacturer who's storing their booth at vegas which has been you know a pretty consistent place they've got their their storage facility uh they're in a routine to turn that around and ship uh, a booth or have a new booth built in a new city for potentially only one show to then move to either back to vegas or to another venue uh that's that's pretty costly for a lot of manufacturers i mean this you know it's not a of money it's probably in the neighborhood of anywhere from 50 to call it $110,000. Uh, and that's kind of a pretty loose ballpark. So that, you know, that's a, that's a pretty significant sum of money. And if I'm an exhibitor, that's probably something that I would be taking into account for 2025. And, you know, as a media person, I'm not exactly thrilled about, I mean, I mean obviously New Orleans is just a rumor at this point. It's nothing's been confirmed and we'll know. But well,
0: it has been thrown out there by the PC. It has been
3: thrown out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I am super not thrilled about going back to new Orleans, whether it's March or whether it's July. Uh, unfortunately it's just not, uh, the friendly cigar city that it used to be logistically, you know, say what you will about Vegas, but, uh, you know where everybody is. It's easy to get around. Uh, everything's fairly central. There's lots of hotels. There's lots of Airbnbs. So, you know, I have to approach it from sort of my personal perspective which is vegas is a better show for me despite the fact that i'm you know i am a little vegas out, but it's still a pretty convenient show to attend for me new orleans might be a little bit of a different beast
2: uh, i totally agree with you there i i i don't want to do new orleans I, I just for all the same reasons that yeah. you just said john it just there's just no first of all the city is so anti-smoking like uh they, why, they don't yeah, why reward them? You know, with our our money, we're a cigar industry for crying out loud. But I'm curious. I don't. You guys probably do your the companies that you work for and stuff do trade shows and stuff. What are I wonder what some other good options are? I'm not as familiar. I don't. Really, I I pretty much just do the cigar stuff, so I'm not familiar with what other. I've heard Nashville get tossed around. I've heard Orlando get tossed around. I don't know. Do, do you guys have thoughts on what other Places would be good besides Vegas if you had to move from
1: Vegas?
0: I think there's um, like five options. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So my company that I used to work for, uh, they got acquired by IBM. But when I worked for the prior company, we had our show in Orlando. Mm. But when IBM acquired it, it moved to Vegas because Vegas is a much bigger venue. The, the, the story I've heard multiple times is that we're too, we're, we're like this middle-sized convention. So we're too big for places like the Hard Rock, right? But we're actually too small for Vegas to have any clout, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. If we were like a huge show, it would be another story. But, uh, yeah, the, the five cities I've heard, I've heard different cities, Nashville, St. Louis, and Louisville are the ones I've heard, besides mm-hmm. Vegas and New Orleans. But, I, you know, I don't want to say, I'm not giving any hope there. I think those are just names I've heard thrown out there.
3: Listen, Nashville would be pretty cool but uh, I'm reasonably confident that I'd be on the hook for a spousal trip if I'm going to Nashville because if I show up in Nashville for a cigar trip and I don't take the wife for a tack on, I, I think I might be in some hot water there. But that, that'd be you know, Nashville would be kind of a cool place to have a trip show. We,
0: we had our national sales meet. We had a real national sales meeting with my company, by the way, that we had it in Nashville at, uh, last year. It was great.
3: I mean, I say that I'm completely unfamiliar with the uh, layout of the city and the costs of hotels and that it's sort expensive. of thing. But it's uh, it's not a cheap city.
0: Not a cheap city. You know, one of my sons has actually been toying with moving to Nashville, and it's a lot more expensive than Charlotte. So yeah. The, uh, but um, I I wouldn't mind I I wouldn't mind it going to the central U.S. I mean, I would like to see it go further east. I know Aaron and John and Eric. That's probably not what you want to hear. I don't
2: care, really. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. As long as it's my opinion, Coop is the show could be literally anywhere. It doesn't matter to me as long as once you get there, there's accommodations that kind of work for the trade show. I mean, a flight's a flight. You fly to. Orlando. I fly to Florida all the time. Like, who cares? Uh, But I just want it to be, you know, there's places to smoke. It's easy to get in and out of the convention center, uh, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. That's more important to me.
0: Aaron, let me ask you a question here. And I I kept meaning to ask you this offline. Reno is Reno an option for the trade show. I don't think so. No. Is it too small? I don't know what their convention space is like. Okay,
1: um, plus, it's wondering. Wondering. It's, plus it's a dump, it's so, a dump, so it's not anything. Yeah, good. you probably don't want to go there. Okay, yeah. other than Fumare, I don't think there's anything worthwhile in Reno.
0: I mean, I was thinking we could get that, uh, you know, the house on Lake Tahoe where Fredo was or something and do something yeah. out there. I mean, yeah. that'd be cool. But that would be cool I don't, to have that. I don't, yeah. I
3: don't, yeah, yeah, my understanding is, uh, and this kind of goes back to the PCA, um doing their media session, which was actually really helpful. And I, I hope they continue to do that. They did, a good, was, they, they did a good job. Um, <laughs> they had talked about Orlando. And I think the issue with Orlando is that the um, convention space is not in place yet. So there is, there is, and I think, I think the, the date that was thrown around, if I remember right, and it seems like a long time ago, but I think it was 2026. I thought it was Tampa. Building,
0: I thought it was Tampa. Was it then. Tampa? Pardon me. Okay. Cause we've had a trade show in Orlando.
3: Right. Right. So it might've yeah. been Tampa. I'm thinking. Yeah. Again. Tampa so I think it was 2026. 20, yeah, they were. It's they're Tampa just waiting in a convention space, and then you know at that point Tampa becomes uh, one of the options. But right now, the issue is they just don't have the they don't have the convention space to support us. So you know, looking forward two years. So I, I guess the question becomes, you know, do you do uh, another another year? I guess before you move it to Tampa, or do you? you know, bounce around a couple of years. And, um, you know, that's something PCA is going to have to figure out. And like I said, it, it could be a little expensive for the exhibitors. Um, that's not a small, it's not a sm- small expense for them.
0: Aaron question for you. Um, you were at the new Orleans show, right? Yes. Did well, did Cal, I mean, I, don't, I know it was one of the earlier shows you went to, but were California yeah. retailers like hesitant to, to go to new Orleans as opposed to, vegas because it is a much further trip
1: um i don't remember hearing anything that was like negative towards new orleans um you know i whenever it's like a one-off show when a, and a one-off show i think like a lot of people are willing to give it a shot just to see what it is like yeah um but obviously there's people that know and they don't want to go or they just bad time for them so you kind of see what the results are but um I think it's just once you get there, you find out that yep. it wasn't as good as you thought it could have been. And you just say, I don't want to go back there again. Yep. And then you just go back to Vegas for five more years or whatever. It is. <laughs> <That's
0: right. laughs> so I want to go back to the eight points for a second. OK, the show like, look, 2024, we're, we're having a, a March trade show. What have we gained right now? What has been gained by this move? Other than, other than people being happy about the, the time. Have we gained anything about this show in general? We're not going to the same venue either. Mm-hmm. So to keep in mind.
2: Yeah, you got so, one of the biggest vendors back. Exhibitors. Yeah, one of
0: the big, biggest vendors back. I, you know, Coop, in a, in an interesting they were way... Back just... last, they were back last year. Though. No, they were not. No. Yes, they were. You... Uh, Justin was, Andrews was, was just standing. Was ten he by was ten. Sitting. It was Justin an
2: Andrews standing in the Room one one booth. That he's going to
0: be doing stage. the same thing in the Alec Bradley booth this year. You don't think he's going to be sitting around and those guys – Bradley's going to be the one that heavy, heavy lifting? Come on.
2: You you really think that that constituted them being back? No, yes. you don't. Yes, you I do. do. I think, I, no. Okay, not to the
0: same scale, but here's the deal. They had general product, at, not even Ford's product. They had general product with the Sancho Panza's out there. Dude, yeah.
2: All right. I mean, but,
0: okay. I I know I'm being a little facetious here, Eric. Yeah. But but okay, I just wonder if they. So I I still wonder if that would have happened no matter what is my thing.
2: Well, you can only take them at their word. They because they're going
0: said, to a summer trade show this year, so they are going to a summer trade show. They're not waiting for next year.
2: They they yeah that's true. Uh, but that one of the reasons was they. I mean, I I, I assume people mean what they say. That's what the, that's what they said. So. Yep.
0: Okay. I mean, I guess they made a public statement, Eric. It's a fair comment. I'm going to say it's a totally fair comment um, on that.
3: So, Coop, I think one of the interesting things about the March trade line trade show deadline is that, uh, and, and, you know, this is kind of Eric's point, is that I think there's, there's so many and I think James Brown kind of talked about this when he's on your show the other week. Uh, I think there's some exhibitors that are going to have to make a decision between the TPE and the PCA. Come 2024. I think there's a bunch of exhibitors that are going to say, you know what, I don't want to do two trade shows within a 60 day. Gosh, it's not even 60 days; it's like 45 days. Yeah, uh, because it just doesn't make sense to to exhibit and sell twice. Uh, and so, I I think from an exhibitor perspective, I think the numbers might be up. I think they might have some smaller exhibitors say, you know what, I'm I'm going to go to the PCA. Uh, who maybe didn't choose to exhibit in the summertime of uh, of this year. So that might be a net, that might be a net win for the PCA.
0: Yeah, you know, it's I'm wondering here's what I'm wondering is a couple like I'm wondering if some companies just try to get one of the pavilion things at TPE mm. and just just set a small thing up and maybe just send a rep out there to do some sales. Right, Maybe not doing anything, showcase product, but I can see some companies going in and saying, you know what? Why don't we take advantage of a sales opportunity with all these retailers at a pavilion and not, not spend money on a booth? I could see them doing some of that. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting going on, and this is going to be more of a story at this year's trade show, is the whole boutique cigar association pavilion that's going on. Because I, I still would think that these companies that are in that pavilion, they'd be much more conducive to get something at TPE it'd be much more cost effective. So if the BCA thing works out, I don't see those companies necessarily going back to, you know, or going to TPE. I can, I still see them supporting the, the PCA.
3: Yeah. I mean, I I think that the, uh, the positive takeaway from the TPE is certainly that the pavilion format is very successful or seems to be very successful from, from a media perspective uh, for smaller uh, exhibitors wanting to exhibit. So, you know, if they're willing to sign in and be a BCA member and and exhibit in the Pavilion, it gives some of the smaller brands an opportunity. And um, at the end of the day, I I think you want the BCA to grow. So, you know, you want more brands there because more brands means presumably more retailers. So at the end of the day, that, that's, that, that, that's growth. Growth is good. I think that's a good thing.
0: I think. Yeah.
3: I just, you know, it it really comes down to, um, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but like that alone, is that going to be enough? The, the retailers who were very anti July in Vegas, which I get, I mean, it's, it's a miserable, busy time for retailers. Uh, will this, will that alone be enough to move the dial for them to show up to a March trade show? I think that's really the question here. And and obviously it's not going to be the only thing. I assume the PCA is working on many many things. But you know, that is going to be one to watch. I think that'll be probably the biggest story in the March 2024 trade shows is uh, is that going to move the dial for retailer attendance.
2: Well, and you guys got to think, I mean, they obviously PCA is doing their own um internal uh you know, polling focus groups whatever you want to call it they're talking to their exhibitors so they didn't just make this move you know without a lot of feedback from no they got got some good they got some good members on the on the board now that really have their pulse with you know the retail operations mary from smoker friendly and and stuff like that so there must be a lot of support for, for you know this this move from from their exhibitors so it you yeah, know i'm i'm pretty sure they didn't just do this you know with a dart and a and a calendar you know
0: yeah i mean there was a survey that came out of the trade show last year that showed overwhelming support for a july show at the sands right but those were the people who surveyed going to last year's trade show i'm sure they surveyed the exhibitors separately like you said some of the retailers who didn't go so i'm i'm sure i mean I'm sure there was a lot more feedback on this. That, and yeah. I know there was more feedback on this. So, well,
3: Coop, you bring up a really interesting point, and I don't think we've talked about that, is that it's not just a date change. It's also a venue change. And I know that there's a there's a lot of people who, you know, they like to be comfortable at the Palazzo or the, you know, the Venetian, and uh, they like to walk over to the Sands. So now they got to maybe, you know, get in a car, or get in an Uber and go out to the Las Vegas Convention. To be fair, they do at the TPE if they're at the TPE. So I don't really see that as a big deal going to the yeah. But I, I'm I sure there's going to be some grumbles.
0: I think we've been spoiled being at the Venetian is the problem. Because um, I've gone to other trade shows in Vegas at the Las Vegas Convention Center, at the Mandalay Bay uh, Center, uh, and even at the MGM. And you know what? You Yeah, you have to sometimes get in a, an Uber a cab or, you know. It, it, it it's not as convenient sometimes, but when you're over at that Venetian, it, it was it was kind of the ideal setup for our industry. You know, it just everything was in one place. Obviously, you had the old Circle Bar, Champagne Bar, which now is Bar Luca, and I, I think that's you know. But I still think you need that central place, and I think we talked about this last week, Aaron. You need a central place on the floor that like people like. Remember when they tried. To move, they tried to have a smoking area in the convention center a couple years ago because they thought, you know, they weren't going to smoke on the casino floor. But turned out you can smoke on the casino floor. But guess what? People wanted to be in Bar because they were on the casino floor. They were kind of feeling the vibe of Vegas. You know, you're smoking, you're right in the casino. You're hanging around all industry people. I think it's a big thing. I think you, you're probably going to lose some of that with the Las Vegas Convention Center because it's going to be more split up. And you'll definitely lose it if it goes to another city. So you know, there's no way around it. They could try to do something, a central place, but it's not going to have them. Like, but John and I talked about a scenario, right? Johnny, we talked about that scenario offline where it could work.
3: Listen, I thought it was a great idea, Coop. Um, because you know, the issue at hand, yeah. whether it's whether it's the convention center, whether it's Sands, is that people tend to scatter at the end of the trade show, right? They yeah. got dinners, they got meetings, and then eventually many of them sort of trickle back to the bar Luke, and not because the bar is anything special. Because let's be let's be honest, it's not, it's packed. There's not enough seating. It's it's completely full by the time you get there. But the reason that people go there is because it's close to their hotel for the people that are staying at the Venetian right. or, or the Palazzo. And so, Coop, we were talking in in, in sort of a virtual herf, and you came up with a really sort of a build on something that we've been talking about for a few years, which is, I think, really what would be beneficial for the PCA is if they had a post show sort of event center, not, not for the trade show, but for people to go and smoke and have a comfortable place to sit where there's enough seating for, you know, the three or 400 people who can't sit at Bar Luca because it's only got seating capacity for, I don't know, 110 or whatever. What I don't even think it's 110. It might be like 80, but it, but it always seems to be like, if you're not there kind of before the show ends, you're not getting a seat. Right. So you- I, I thought you had a really great idea, Coop, if you want to share that.
0: Yeah, it was essentially um, creating the la- creating a lounge, like creating an actual cigar lounge, right? Um, that you could easily do that, right? I used I used the term create virtual Casa Fuente or something like that, right? But you could you could easily have a company do it every night, right? And the thing is, you're guess what? Now you're able to to recognize some of the bar money coming in there, because as long as you create a scenario, I think where it really has the feel and the vibe, and you have industry people there. Um, people will come. I believe people will come to that. They come to the opening reception, and that's just a very industrial feel right now. But if you kind of create like Kohiba did it a few years ago. Remember when the Kohiba did it? They created a really nice atmosphere. So we know it can be done. And if they create that atmosphere, I think you can probably and you make sure you have industry participation. I think it um I think it could work. And this way you're not giving all the money back to Bar Luca. Or, or the Venetian, you, you could probably get a part of that money is what I'm saying.
3: Listen, I'd just be happy to have a comfortable place to sit down after the trade show. You know, if we're, we're hanging out rather than trying to stand on the carpet outside of Barluca for uh, for 20 minutes, um, you know, I think it'd be great to, to have. Because, I mean, that was really the impetus behind the media house is that we just wanted a place to be able to sit down and smoke and we were kind of tired of... You know, trying yeah. to trying to find a place in Vegas to smoke, and they're always full. And so we ended up creating our own space, and then having media people over uh, to sit comfortably and have a drink and yep. smoke and and have a good time. So I mean, this is just that, but on a macro scale instead of you know the ten people that decide to come over and stay till six in the morning at the media house.
0: Yep. Well, always personally,
2: like I like to get out of there as fast as I can, then, yep. get away from as many people as I can. I don't even want anybody coming over to my house. I just want silence. I want to be sitting by the pool, drinking a bourbon, smoking a cigar and just totally check out. Like I don't stay near the strip. I just get away. Now, I know uh, I don't uh, I might not be a perfect uh, a perfect uh, sample of what people want to do, but that's just me personally. I just want to get out of there, you
0: know. You know, Eric, I went to Great Smoke this year and you know, I love Abe's event but there was a point I needed to uh, get away. You know, I just do that. And we, we went back, we rented a house this year. I think it was, and I think we concluded it was the same house as yours, by the way. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think we're actually <laughs> at the same because the door did start to stick. Yeah, <laughs> So, um, so it's so kind of funny. Of all the houses in Miami, we yeah, rented the we- same <laughs> house. Right. Um, but so, but the thing is, it was funny. I got them like, Hey guys, why don't we just order sort of Doordash for? I'm like, we don't need yeah. to go back. You know, I was just like in that mode Uh, because I I was on my feet all day at the Great Smoke. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I'm getting maybe I'm getting older now, and it's just yeah. that's what I want. But I understand we're the anomaly here. Uh, because yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So uh, a little different there.
2: Now, personally, um, as far as like actual trade show floors and stuff go, like that, um. I kind of like the Las Vegas convention center because I can drive my rented car into the parking lot. And during the day, if I need to like
0: put stuff, you know, out.
2: Put stuff out there or if I need to go, you know, I, I don't need to feel like I have to make sure I bring everything in the car that we might need, need that day. And so it, it's just easier access. I can run out to the car. I can zip home back to the, uh, the, the Airbnb if I need to, like, it's just so much more convenient in that regard. Whereas with the sands you park or whatever you do and there's just this ridiculously long walk not as long as new orleans but uh no, it's but a when pretty... you
0: walk but when you have to walk down into that 125 yeah. degree parking garage
2: and you got to do there's no I... worse
0: feeling in the world
2: yeah well and not just that but then you know you get in there and then there's a walk you know so yeah. like mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of walking and i'm old yeah. and aaron my hips are bad and my knees are bad and so i'm a mess aaron
1: yeah, that's what happens. But that's why that's why you stay in the that's why you stay in the hot hot weather. Yeah, but your yeah. joints don't get messed up right. and it, yeah. you know aching just because it's cold. You keep it all located from the heat. Jump in that pool. That's true. That's yep.
0: true. Jump in that pool. All right, I'm going to turn to the second topic here, which is a kind of a build on here of this, and this is a topic I don't think that has been discussed anywhere, but it's something I'm starting to observe. And I think it may start to tie in with some of this tying timing of the trade show, but I think there's other factors going on here. I am starting to hear this year for the 2023 PCA trade show, and I'm not gonna name the outlets here because again, I want to kind of respect them, but I've had some conversations with people. I have at least four media outlets, some bigger than others, that are not going to the trade show this year. And there is a common Theme I'm hearing of this, hmm. it's money. It's money. It's getting a, it's getting more expensive to cover these trade shows, um, and now it's starting to affect people whether they have sponsorship or not sponsorship. But the money is starting to be a factor. I can tell you from the coop perspective. In the last, th- I went from one p- one person covering the show in 2017. To now four people covering the show. My expenses have gone up significantly. And That's we've invested samples.
3: Up. That's a lot of samples.
0: <laughs> it's a lot. The samples aren't even <laughs> last year. I gave all my samples away, by the way. <laughs> so I didn't even go back with samples. A couple I went, a few, but not many. But is this something, guys, that maybe you're seeing and now for the first time, is there a little bit of jeopardy that the, the PCA trade show may not get the coverage it used to get?
2: Okay, I've got a super strong opinion on this and it's probably not going to be what you're expecting. That's you guys what we, want. we, but, what we um, want. That's what we want. <laughs> I say PCA double your prices. Make them twice as much. Like let's let's thin the 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 herd, man. There's just way 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 too many of these, you know, small media outlets that don't even have a website and it's just taking up so much time of the exhibitors i would prefer instead of my 500 hundred dollar media thing and then 150 for extra guys over three double all that make it just two grand i don't care make it enough to where just the serious you know the real serious media people go i know this is kind of an a-hole t- uh, take on this but honestly it's 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 too much and so if, if people are starting to Uh, not go i think that's actually a positive
0: oh okay interesting it's an interesting take on that um i i think i was looking more at the inflation and travel costs with that but i i think in time look i i think in time we're going to see a pca price increase i don't think there's any way around but that's always been a a discussion point is you know do you pay to go into the trade show? i've never had a problem paying pca dues uh to go to the trade show look uh i've heard we, the arguments have been going on for years you know media should go in for free but i haven't had a problem because i because and the reason why i don't have a problem is the money always goes back into the trade show association so I, i've had no problem with that uh and then look with tp is a different story they comp they comp the ticket for the media and that's that's not going back into the industry so
2: that's because I, they they're the little guy on the block i mean when i say little guy i yeah. mean little guy in relation to premium cigars they're just trying to yeah. you know kind of get that foothold going Obviously, they're not a little guy, but but what they're trying to do is they they want to bring media. Whereas at the PCA, those these poor exhibitors, I feel for them. I honestly do. I feel for some of these exhibitors. There's it's it's almost nonstop interviews. Like it's it's too much. There's there's they're, they're devoting way way too much time.
0: We, we yeah, I mean i i do i do you know now we see, but it's different. It's changed, guys. In I think the last five years. Like if you go back maybe six or seven years ago, you were still like feeling like you were interrupting business, right? Now I'm seeing more and more booze have many of the stakeholders and their role now is to deal with the media. I mean, we've seen this with a lot of booze right now. Some booze still need to work on this. And I've had a conversation with a couple of people already on it. But for the most part, I'm seeing but but you're right. The ones that don't have a, a a dedicated person, it's it's tough, you know. I'll give you a really good example of one is like Christoph. You know, they cause Jared's always wearing double, double duty in those booths every year. You know, he's dealing with re- retails and media. So, I mean, he's always had it tough, I think. But I think you're right on that.
2: Surgeon, I'm dying to hear oh, what you think.
3: I, I hate to give credence to Coop's point because um, Coop has talked about this, that I think that if you were attending the PCA trade show as a media member, then you need to be registered as a media member, and and you know this is the same. Well, I was going to hit this. I'm glad you're hitting this because this if is you're a attending, big topic. this is an, I mean, listen, we pick on exhibitors that attend the show to do business, and they don't buy a booth, right? We've we've dinged them every year since the trade show opened. We know who they are. It happens every year, and they get dinged. We don't name them because you know we're not like that, but it happens. And I will say, over the last couple of years there's certainly been a sharp increase in the number of quote unquote media. And it's, you know, it's influencers and it's media that are basically coming on the coattails of the 750 passes that an exhibitor has been given. And they're, you know, wearing an exhibitor badge, but they're going around acting like media. And I understand that that's part of the game, but it does take away from people who, have paid their dues and brought their people to do media coverage of the trade show. Uh, You know, it does wrinkle my nose a little bit. If uh, someone who's wearing an exhibitor badge is doing a media interview with someone who we're trying to hit during the PCA trade show, and we've dropped money to go to the trade show and cover it as a media organization that does put a little bit of a wrinkle in my nose. So I think, you know, Eric's point there is something there where you know I think I think there does need to be a little bit of a thinning of the herd to say listen if you're giving away uh one of your exhibitor badges they're your exhibitor badges, but if your exhibitor is actually a media person they're going around doing you know if you're at the uh, who I pick on, uh, call it a Leva because I don't think Leva does it but let's say you've got a Leva badge and you're over speaking with Steve Saka to do an interview. What are you doing man you're not yeah. you're not a media member you're you're in the leave booth get out of here go back to the leave booth like if you want to attend yeah. as a media person then you need to register as a media person i don't think that's fair to the rest of the media
0: see i i here's the thing and i i understand that you have to hire subcontractors sometimes like people may not work for your company full time to be at the trade show like maybe you have a photographer right there is two scenarios there's the subcontractor scenario And then there's the one where the manufacturer just gives away the badge to to the influencer or the media person. And we've seen both, right? But my thing is, okay, if someone is in that subcontractor role and they're doing photography for a particular booth, right, I I think they should be able to walk the trade show. What I don't think they should be able to do is set up their cameras and be doing interviews when they don't have media credentials. I think the the rule needs to be is if you're going to – we should be – Yeah, it's gonna be hard to enforce. I get it. Manufacturers should not be taking time for someone who does not have a media badge to do the interviews. That that's just the way I think it needs to be. And I think subcontractors should be paying their own way. And hey, the subcontractors can always build a company back for it, right? But I don't think subcontractors should be getting badges. Like I think they should have to pay for the badge, and then you work out reimbursement with the company on that.
3: Now I will say that. You know, I I think we're in a much better place than we were ten years ago in terms of uh, the relationship between media and the PCA, and I think it's better for the industry as a whole to have as many media people there as possible. So, you know, I certainly have heard um, and had many conversations uh, both at the the TPE trade show and the previous PCA trade show. Uh, hearing some of the rumors that you've heard, Coop, that there there may be a downturn in the number of sort of brands that have shown up to cover the PCA trade show some, for media. Some,
0: we've heard some some significant rumors on this. I mean, significant I gotta, rumors. I, so, I know we don't talk rumors, but I'm just telling you we're hearing stuff right now of bigger media outlets. So, yeah.
3: you know, I, I think if that happens, I don't think that's good for the industry as a whole. I think, um, you know, when we talk about sort of traditional whether it's an influencer or whether it's someone who's been to the trade show before, I think their absence from the trade show, that doesn't help the trade show. I think in having coverage of the trade show is positive. Having media people cover it seriously is positive. And I think the loss of anyone doing that uh, is impactful. Um, And I don't know, you know, I don't know what the solution to that is because unfortunately, you know, just saying don't pay your member dues one time, I don't think that's going to move the dial. It's a very expensive thing to cover the trade show for five days, you know, it's several thousand dollars for flights and hotels and food and everything else. Um, and unfortunately, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of media outlets out there that can't afford that because they have a job and that job doesn't necessarily afford them enough vacation time or free spending money to be able to kind of casually do that. I know that the joke, we, we've we made this joke many times. It's all about the free samples. But at the end of the day, the free samples don't don't cover room and board and flights Uh, so, you know, I think, I think the loss of anyone is, is, is a negative thing, but I don't know what the solution to that is, unfortunately.
2: Well, maybe the, maybe the PCA needs to be more picky about who they approve, um, than something like we've always said that. Yeah. Something's got to happen to, so that there's just a little bit less of the flood of, you know, like the influencers, the last couple of shows and I have nothing against influencers. No, I I think
0: they, I think they, there's some are very good. Yeah. You
2: know, but and not only that, but you know, um in in time, um there's the, the coverage is just so you know, duplicated. Yeah, 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 diluted, we, duplicated, whatever. Oh say.
0: man, it's we and we really as a team we we actually talked about it again, trying not to make it cookie cutter. So right. you know, Eric, I'll say this. You're on here and I'm not just saying it, Katrina. You guys will miss the TPE this year. At least from me, not because I haven't been to the last three TPEs. But one thing I could say is when you were there, I felt like I could get a good feel for the show. Right. I felt the vibe was captured. It's not I know other people work hard with their coverage, but getting the vibe, I think, is so I'm. it's just something I'm seeing more and more. I, I want to feel like I can get some of that energy transformed to me. So, you know we we've talked as a team because I think we need to do a better job with that this year too. And we, we came up with some ideas that we're going to do that are, I think are different. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think you need that. And I think I, you're right. There's a lot of this. And frankly, you know, I just don't know. I think this limited, I think sponsor money is going to be limited for people looking for sponsor money too.
2: I plan to do all my interviews naked this year. So I think that should up, oh. up the game
0: a little bit. Now- I don't know. <clears throat>
3: Is that a is that a Patreon only thing or is that going to be
2: <laughs> OnlyFans? Only fans.
0: no, DojoVerse do, 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 <laughs> exclusive maybe. Uh, there you go. See, the, the, you,
3: you're working. You're working a good angle there. You're, yeah, you're looking uh, at a good yeah. revenue generator.
2: Yeah. Always thinking.
0: Yeah, Eric, how did you find the DojoVerse exclusive stuff you did last year? Did that work well for you? Was um, it something you would continue to do maybe? Because you did you some mean? stuff that didn't you do some interviews that were only things that were on dojo verse or was
2: um, that wrong? those were mainly like extra things that okay. we would do like they weren't we didn't do anything they weren't movies. live
0: stuff they weren't the live things right
2: they were just uh, yeah like some stuff that we would do that was you know a little behind the scenes yeah. or you know, this goof some goofy some goofy coverage um at the show that wasn't like uh yeah. you know exhibitor oriented or anything and and that worked out really well i think you know given some some sort of uh just you know, it's kind of exclusive. So you could go to different places. We did a little bit of different stuff that on Instagram, as we did on this, as we did on that. We yep. tried to mix it up and 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 stuff. But it's it's a ton of work, and and yep. and we're we're probably going to change the way we do it the, uh, this year as well, just because. Um, what we found is the the live stuff is is fun, but just because of the the internet being so bad in the convention center. Just the, the quality of the video and audio, it's just never very good. And so um, we're, we're probably going to take a different strategy this year, um, although we don't have it totally figured out this sh- yet. So we'll see.
3: So you know- just throw just sorry, just jump in quick. Uh-huh. So just throwing it out there since we're spitballing ideas here. If there was a media only internet Wi-Fi for broadcast.
0: That'd be great. That would
3: That would probably move the dial a little bit. For, and
0: it would be great if up. someone sponsored that. Yeah, like you sell that as a sponsorship.
3: Just throwing it out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Eric, going back to, again, what you guys did, right? The most memorable thing at PCA that I remember. So we, this is after the 2021 show. We, we went out for our lunch, the ramen lunch. And everyone's on their phones, right? And Aaron pulls his phone up. And it's the dojo walkthrough. And mm. you capture Aaron. Jordan captured Aaron at the warp yeah. booth by himself. Like there was no one at the warp booth. Yeah. Aaron was like covering the warp booth. Uh, but here's the thing. I thought it was so brilliant because it kind of showed it just went home you know it was like it it kind of showed that you know
2: you know how long it takes jordan to do that one video every year it's ridiculous man but i have a pretty good sense of
0: that yeah Yeah. it's not an easy thing to do i I could tell you that yeah
2: that was a particularly funny one when aaron was sitting (laughs) Aaron's just
0: uh, there we we, we all just start looking at the laughing our heads up yeah it was great yeah Aaron, did you? I always, I never asked you, you. Did you know you were captured on that video, or did you? Just, it was afterwards. Yeah, I asked him if you wanted to come over and interview me. I asked oh, him okay.
1: if you wanted to come over and interview me, but he said he was doing the walkthrough, so he couldn't really stop for very okay, long. Okay, so you, he, <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why it slows down a little bit when he gets there because I'm trying. I was, I was talking to him, so
0: <laughs> so no, the, the, you weren't talking about new releases either. So. I was gonna, I would go on full full yeah. interview on it. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So here's now here's another interesting question for the t- t- panel. So we're talking about TPE, and you're talking about PCA in 2024, less than 50 days apart, right? Do we see some media just say, you know what, we're not going to go to PCA this year. We're going to just take the TP, uh the hosted media program, and just do that. I, I see, and that could help. That could actually help to Eric's point. Yeah, some of the stuff we that actually could be a positive. You know if I, I I would really like to see a lot of media people be at PCA because it is the bigger event but but you do your point's not wrong, Eric, I got to be honest with you I don't disagree with it
2: yeah that's that's actually a good point Coop I, I didn't even sort of put that together, but um, you know maybe if uh, if they're close enough together and and companies media companies have to choose, it kind of splits it up and that might solve some of that problem that I was mentioning yeah. earlier. that's yeah. a pretty good point.
0: Yep. so you know and Aaron now Aaron and John you guys do a different model okay yours is you go to Moore to connect with the industry because you guys don't I can get the same access that maybe Eric and I get because um California and Calgary do you guys maybe still go to both and try to do as much relationship stuff as possible is that something you guys look at
1: um I don't think so um I think I think the nice thing about Shows as they've been is that they're spaced apart, so it gives you like a almost a six month, yeah, kind of a window to check in. Uh, but yeah, when they're a month and a half, maybe apart, then maybe that doesn't make as much sense to do so. Yeah. Um, probably use it, you know, use the second option to do another trip. Maybe it's Rocky Mountain, maybe it's something else going to Florida, you know, catch up with people there, something like that. So, um, I, I i don't I don't see them when they're together being something that you, you really want to hit both for,
0: yeah, okay, um did you guys see Dan Thompson's comment
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yep,
0: yep, so Dan Thompson's saying uh Wi media Wi only Wi-fi is the solution if you guys are serious, let me know the details and we may be able to sponsor. I'm gonna follow up on that i'm
1: gonna I'm gonna throw a caveat on why that won't work, okay uh, a lot of times the media. I'll say a lot of times influencers come in on a um, uh, you know a manufacturer badge. Um, they're not paying four hundred bucks to come in. So,
0: but they shouldn't get uh, that access. They shouldn't get. Well, I mean, you, they technically shouldn't get that. Understood. More. But you, yeah. you have a little bit of flip flop now because you
1: now you say, all right, I'll pay you the four hundred bucks. You get me the good Wi-Fi password, and now you're flooded with whoever else is on the on the network as well. So it'll be a little yeah. bit of a trade off in regards to what about
2: this? Like what that. if? I now, nah, first of all, I appreciate Dan's offer. I do too. immense immensely. That was that's a super cool offer. but I, I I think Aaron may have, you know, came up with the 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 problem with that. Um, but what if there was, you know, three or four of us media guys um that came together and just split the cost, whatever that was, because then we would it wouldn't behoove us to share that <laughs> with anybody.
0: <laughs> and then else. we sell the sponsorship back to. Dan, like, like yeah, like that. yeah, we, yeah. Want, that's a great idea.
2: Yeah, because we, we yeah. wouldn't want it to be an open media channel. because yeah. it would just we'd end up with the same problem because yeah, you know, obviously the media is the one sucking up a lot of that bandwidth in the first place. So yeah. if it was only a three or four media outlets, then that's a different story.
0: See, I've seen stuff like people saying, "Well, the Wi-Fi is not as good as the Las Vegas Convention Center." I don't necessarily buy that because CES is there every year. And yeah. there's tons of streaming going on at CES, so I think it's a matter of it may be a cost issue, and I don't know what the cost is of it. That's something we'd have to look at, but it may be a cost issue to do that to get that dedicated piece. Yeah. Um, but that's that's from. But I know I know I've heard people say, well, because Eric, you you said you had problems at the Las Vegas Convention Center, and so did like how about that cigar? But I think I like I said, I know that that facility has the capabilities to do it.
2: Yeah, I don't know the, the details. All I know is um, you know, like uh the, your your streaming options, they're the bandwidth that they send is automatically adjusted based on how much Wi-Fi and broadband is available at the time.
3: Quality of service, baby.
2: And so you'll you'll get a, maybe a fine audio or a fine video feed, but your audio sounds like it's through a tin can, even though you're using really good microphones and stuff like that. And that's just because right at that moment there's just there's just not enough good wi-fi right yeah. then and so then the the software stream yard or whatever you're using um just automatically down samples that and so yeah you so just don't know what you're going to
0: get true so yeah that's that's out of your control at that point, but point. To, your,
3: to your point coop um and we kind of talked about it at the top of the hours i think there are going to be some media outlets that have to make some decisions about yeah. whether they're going to be going to two trade shows uh, and or multiple festivals to cover because having all that, you know, if you're a larger media outlet, you know, you're, you, you do get spread a little bit thin and, you know, to Eric's point, they had a choice of being down with a manufacturer in Nicaragua or being at the TP. Well, you know, that, that math works out that it's better to work that relationship with the manufacturer down in Nicaragua than to attend the TP. And I think there, there's going to be some trade-offs I, in 2024. I did,
0: the same, I did the same thing. You did the same thing. I did the same thing. I I said Pro Cigar was, was in this case. Um, And I still covered most of the products that got, I just reached out to the companies and got as much of the product stuff as I could. Um, And I ended up doing like 33 articles on it. So, I mean, I would have liked to have been there, but again, I had to weigh that out and I I determined that the relationship piece at Pro Cigar was much more valuable Um, in, in, for strategic purposes, maybe, not necessarily hit purposes and and impressions, but longer term, I think it, it, it pays off more. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's something to see, but I think, you know, you know, again, I kind of look at, you know, you know, the way to kind of offset, you know, the, the other costs are, are the problem. I think, you know, hotel costs have gone up. The hotel is going to be very expensive, In, I don't know what the PCA is going to negotiate in 2024, but March Madness weekend, and I have been in Vegas in March Madness weekend. And I can tell you there is a jump in the prices. It'll probably be the jump in the prices the first two days. And then the last, the the Monday and Tuesday will be cheaper is what will happen. But I think there's going to be some, some prices. And then just like, you know, restaurants are going to be more crowded. Uh, You know, places to smoke are going to be tougher. So um you know uh, i'm I'm assuming the, the airbnbs will be more you know there's inflation and stuff so it's probably gonna be challenging for some people twenty twenty four I think it's gonna be a bigger problem than twenty twenty three
2: I think that's good news, man. make it challenging make you gotta Maybe. you gotta you gotta, gotta want to go baby you gotta want to go,
0: yeah, but, but what I don't want I don't want to happen <laughs> is like then if we do that it, it has there has to be something where these like I said there has to be some better enforcement with these and they The manufacturers, depending on the size of booths, is the amount of tickets they get. Some of these booths get a ton of tickets that they don't even use. Yeah. So, you know, and I don't have a problem if, if someone hey, goes out there and works the booth. Like, Soccer's brought people in in the past. He's brought in Stace and Chris and those guys. To, and they worked the booths for four days. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that. It's the guys who are like photographers and videographers that I see shooting other content when they're only doing like an hour's worth of boot work in the booth that they were hired for. That's where I have the problem.
5: Anything else we want to hit on this before we kind of go to break?
0: All right. So why don't we're going to do a sponsor breaks, so Eric and John and whatever you guys need to do uh, stretch. Um, And then I'll do some of the fun questions and we'll get into the live true segment. Sound good. Yep. Okay. So of course I want to mention tailored smoke located in the heart of downtown Charlotte's epicenter. And now outside the Scarlet motor speedway in Concord, North Carolina, tailored smoke is your one-stop shop for tailored smoking experience. And by J R E tobacco. The Authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars in Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it was one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamistron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aro took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully introduced Authentic Coro back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to the market with Authentic Corojo. Now, with Jerry Tobacco, Julio Huso brought their very own brand to market, and each contained the Authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Candela. Each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're now available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every draw. And uh, I want to mention Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, they take fact in the fact that they are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers such as Drew Estate, Davidoff, and Leaf. They have the best selection, best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes Magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigars was ordered a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke Magazine. And Scarfacinano wrote... Corona Cigar Company, the largest, best stock cigar shops in America. You can place a order online at their website or visit one of Corona's four central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And of course, I want to mention Cavalier of Geneva again. Smoke gold and stay gold and join that inner circle. Follow Cavalier Cigars on Instagram and on Facebook at Cavalier Cigars, Cavalier Geneva Cigars. And, of course, that's Geneve, G-E-N-E-V-E. You can visit local tobacconists and join the movement that is Cavalier Cigars. They're consistently regarded by cigar lovers everywhere as high ratings have been given by the cigar industry press as well. Uh, you want to follow them on Instagram at Cavalier underscore Cigars because they do some very unique giveaways throughout the whole year. Cavalier Cigars, Smoke Gold and Stay Gold. So uh, we're going to do a couple of our fun segments. Um, and I'm just going to kind of moved a couple of things that we normally do in the first segment back. Um, Eric, you're here, right? Yep. I am here. Okay, um, so this is a this is a new segment, uh, and I want to mention this is our Tabacalera USA the ties that bind question, and of course that is brought to you by Tabacalera USA makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H Upman, and Aging Room cigars. Tabacalera USA, great things are happening here. By the way, this Monte Cristo uh, Diamante is a winner in my book. I'm really enjoying this. All right, so the ties that bind. It's uh it's a segment taken uh, it's, that's um the name comes from the Bruce Springsteen song, The Ties That Bind. Um and what I'm going to do is I'm going to name three things and you have to basically tell me what the three things that bind them together or they have in common. Now, I'm looking for something specific, so I'll give I'll give you guys three guesses. Aaron always gets these by the way, and I never tell him what the answer is. <laughs> this you know, one's is, this one's tough for me. I'm not sure I have this one. This is this should be an easy one. This is I, oh I don't, I don't know. Okay, so today I'm going to name because we're doing a media show. Oh, I'm going to name three media people. Okay, uh, the first one is Robbie Rasmussen. Second one is Ben Lee. And the third one's John McTavish. Now, here's what I'm going to say. They're not people who are members of like they're all members of media brands that we cover. That's not the answer I'm looking for. There's something specific about all three of these guys that tie them together. So I want to see if you guys can get it. And if you think hard, I think you guys can get this one. Mm
2: -hmm. And then
0: I'll I'll tell you if you're close. If you need to, I'll give you some hint along the way. But I'll give you guys three guesses.
2: They both, they all like crappy sports teams.
0: <laughs> that, that is, is not true. That they. Is they do. True. They do. Well, I I feel bad. John and the Jets. I don't hate them, but it's a crappy team. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah.
2: Nailed uh, it. Nailed uh, it. Uh, they
0: they they all have bad coaches. Is true. Like the Saints have a terrible Oof. coach. The Jets. I'm not a big Oof. fan of that coach. And uh, of oh, course, true. Kapler with the Giants. We won't even go there. So. <laughs> so, but it's not. It is not sports related.
3: Uh, oh. all hmm. three of us started in the cigar industry with our own cigar media brands that went under or got absorbed by a larger cigar media brand that also then went under and all three of us then went on to a third cigar media brand, which is still around. I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but that's I know that good. all three of us have gone through that.
0: You are, I'm going to give you the answer. That is, I'm going to say that. Yes. The I, my answer was simpler, but you actually brought some better points up. The answer was they were all people on our media teams that were with other media brands prior to being on our media teams.
3: I mean, I started with my own site, Epic Ash, I, and I forgot into, about that one. Yeah, yeah, got rolled into Cigar Federation, which uh, you know, Aaron worked me like a like a heavy bag for quite a while to get me onto developing palettes. Uh Robbie Rass, I can't remember what his site was called It was called like Robbie Rass Cigar Chat, Cigar Robbie Rass, Rass Reviews Robbie
0: Rass Robbie Reviews, Rass
3: reviews yeah. bef- And he went on to Cigar Federation Before joining the, the Epic Cigar Dojo Yeah. And I'm embarrassed But I cannot remember what Ben Lee's, because it's a lot It's a yeah. lot of years now But yes. Ben Lee had his own site as well
0: Ben Lee was with Cigar Weekly Which there is kind of like a forum type site yeah. Then he went to Nice Tight Ash Yeah and then he went to Stogie Review before joining the Coop team. There you go. Those were the ties of bind. Good job.
2: I think my I answer was. See- I think my answer was a little better, but. You know, I whatever. think well, your answer
0: is valid. Your your answer is valid. Uh, yeah. You
3: know, I just uh, didn't want to see Aaron come in at the uh and swoop it up again. You know.
0: Okay, yeah. Eric. What's the who's got the crappiest team at the three that they like. <laughs>
2: Well, as much as I like surgeon is one of my favorite guys in the whole industry, it's tough not to, it's tough not to uh, look at the jets and and actually feel, I actually feel that, you know, I'm better off with the crappy Broncos than uh, the jets. So,
3: (laughs) I mean, the, the, the only thing I, the only thing I could have said in years gone by is at least I wasn't a Browns fan, but I don't, I don't even know if that's. I think I can stay anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think those in glass houses can throw stones. I don't think I can stand around and go, well, at least I'm in a Browns fan. Maybe, maybe, you know, it's, it's the bottom of the barrel for the jets. John, but, we're, we're right behind you, brother. So, you know,
0: there's nothing better than watching John's comments on game day. Oh, <laughs> like I'm talked about, I'm, I'm, I was called the doom and gloom guy uh, with the Phillies. And I'll say there's some validity to that. Okay. I'm not going to, but John just like, I mean, <laughs>
3: There's there's some Sundays. Coop has to do a full on intervention. You know, he's sending me. Are you okay? Are you like are are you at risk of self harm this Sunday? And while it's a divisional game, catch me in the end of the fourth quarter. I'm you know I might be on watch here.
0: I mean, the Zach will Zach Wilson for the last two years has provided more like John moments than ever. I mean, I think I've been talking to John since the Rex Ryan days, right? But, I mean, it's yeah. just like... <laughs> the, the, the. I don't think there was anything worse than the Zach Wilson two years uh, so far.
3: I wish I could blame someone else, but uh, somehow along the lines, I, I willingly chose the New York Jets and decided to stick by them. So, you know, I, at the end of the day, I just got to grab a mirror and hold it up because that's this is the consequences of my own actions at play.
0: Yeah, 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 I hear you.
2: Now, luckily for me, uh, I'm more of a hockey fan, anyways. So mm. we have uh, reigning Stanley Cup champions, so we're feeling pretty good uh, yeah. these days.
0: So. Well, and uh, you know the, the uh, and look, Eric, I gotta say, you know, you guys four or five years ago were were worse than the Flyers were this year.
2: Yeah, we had a 42 point season. It was one of the lowest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was. But here's the thing, it, uh, in that season you could tell what the avs were building like the yeah. you could under, you understood what was going on you could yep. see the core coming together and i remember the last 10 games of that season and we were all like okay we're going to be good and then the very next year we made the we made the playoffs so uh yeah. in fact the very next year we won the president's cup we didn't win obviously win the cup but we won the president's cup that year so it it, it even though it was a miserable season uh we were kind of all behind it because we knew what was going on. We understood.
3: Yep. Yeah. Now, I, I, Coop. Coop, I have a question for you before we lose our audience here. Uh because you're kind of an Oilers fan, right? You like the Oilers.
0: I've always loved the Oilers the going back to the Gretzky class. day. Yeah.
3: Okay. So this is a hockey question for you. We'll see if you can get it. The, the Edmonton Oilers just set a record that has been in place for I want to say Oh gosh, it's got to be 16 years. They just set a record that's been in place for 16 years. Just recently. Do you know what that record is?
0: I don't. Since 95-96. Well, it's not someone who's led the team in sco- league in scoring, is it?
3: You're you're warm, very warm.
0: Someone who has had um someone who's led the league in points, maybe.
3: You're you're getting very warm.
0: Two okay. guys? Two guys. Oh, the top two guys, top two guys leading it in scoring.
3: Three Edmonton Oilers right. having 100 100-point seasons and they haven't had that happen since 1990, the 1995-1996 season. Mm. Who, who
0: did that? Who's, do you remember who it was in 96? Was it wasn't the Oh gosh. Now, was it?
3: That would have been uh that would have been. what would, would have been Gretzky, Messier and
0: well Gretzky Messier were already gone by 96. Oh, they
3: were already gone in 96. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: and no, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I don't.
3: I should have it. I should have it ready to go on my phone. (laughs) Uh, Because you know, I get all the hockey stuff because I'm Canadian. So Google's like, you're Canadian. You you must was it was it more
0: was it or was it '85 maybe? I'm thinking like Yari Curry, uh, Wayne Gretzky, and Messier maybe.
3: No, no, it's uh, it's '95, '96. And actually, the, uh, the record wasn't held by the Oilers. It was actually held by the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, the, so it's actually a league record. There hasn't been a team since the Pittsburgh Penguins 95-96 to have three players hit the 100-point mark in a single season.
0: So it had to be, it had to be Lemieux, um, Yager, and I don't know who the third would have been.
3: Ron Francis. Oh, wow. I it was Ron Francis. League legend, Ron Francis.
0: Nice. All right. Let's go to our next question here um, before we lose the audience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cattle Baron steak question. Night. This is a new question mm. I'm putting in tonight. Uh, you're having a nice, you, you have a nice thick juicy steak at home. What mechanism are you cooking it on? Are you cooking it on a grill, a cast iron skillet? What, 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 what are you guys doing for that nice, your best cut of steak you're going to have? Where are you putting it on?
2: Okay. Here you go, guys. Uh, I've recently uh, started sous vide my steaks, mm-hmm. and it is absolutely amazing as long as you do it right. So you sous-vide it for you know, a couple hours at a low temperature, and then you just sear it either on a cast iron uh, grill on your stove or on your grill outside. It makes a perfect steak every time. Um, and so for me, the answer is sous-vide and then Sear it at the end.
0: Okay. I have not done the sous vide, but, oh, but uh, it's amazing. I have not done it, but I can, I can definitely see benefit in that. How about you, John?
3: Well, so the, the, the critical component, and Eric kind of talked about it at the end, I think the critical component is you have to have, when it comes to beef, when it comes to steak, you have to have fire. I th- like if you do it in a skillet or you do it sous vide, that's, I totally get that. But you got to have fire. I think fire is a critical component of having a good steak, whether, you know, whether you start it that way and finish it a different way or whether you finish it with fire. To me, I just don't think you can have a good steak. I mean, I I come from steak country here, but I I just feel like you can't have a good steak if you don't have fire. So, um, you know, just as long as you finish that with, with, with a nice, nice super hot grill, I'm on board.
0: Nice. I I agree with that. Uh, Aaron.
1: Uh, I will go with the same finish that uh Eric mentioned about in the cast iron. That's the way you're gonna finish the steak, but I will put it in the oven at 225 mm-hmm. uh, until I get it about 10 degrees under what I want the finish temperature to be. And then at that point I'll t- I will take it out and I will finish it off in the cast iron skillet to get the kind of the, the post the post cook uh char on the outside of it.
2: Is it still wow. is it still legal to eat steak in California? I'm,
3: I wasn't sure. If...
1: Yeah, it, it is actually oh, yeah, okay. our last, yeah, our last freedom here.
3: Although it does, it I think the uh, state of California does warn about carcinogens.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. As long as you don't have a gas
2: yeah. a gas stove, right? That's delicious.
1: I do have a gas stove. <laughs> that's, a, that's a kicker. Oh, am got the last one. I'm at the last one in the state. Everybody comes to my house <laughs> well, for now. dinner, so.
0: Mm. Oh wow. So I, I've gone strictly with the grill outside, but you guys give me some good ideas tonight. So I think this is some good stuff.
1: I mean, look, over charcoal. There's something to be said for an over charcoal mm. steak. So, but I mean, like, if you want to like really get into the scientific way to do it, you know, we've kind of given you some good good ideas, yeah. but
0: yeah. Oh, an, an over charcoal steak is pretty damn good it is i still have it i have an electric grill but i do like the charcoal grill for the steak i'll still use the charcoal grill for the steak
2: poop how do you like your steak cooked
0: um i've changed my opinion in recent years um so i tend to now go more medium plus um i used to go well it's it's my phobia of infection so Mm. Uh, now my my old man he, I, he, he horrified me. He Pittsburgh, Not only would he go Pittsburgh? well. Not yeah, only would, not. No, no, he would go well done. No, but Pittsburgh, well done. So oh. it was like shoe leather. Like oh, wow. I, I used to take him to a restaurant, and I'd have to just I, I pull the, the the server, so I said, look, <laughs> this is what he wants, right? Tell the chef not to be offended if he burns the steak. It's basically like I got to tell, because he could, and I'd have to have the conversation. And they were horrified because no one in the kitchen wanted to do that. I mean, they,
3: oh yeah, I, I guarantee yeah, you, yeah. no one in the kitchen wanted he, to do that. He, he
0: was, it was sad. I mean, it was. I loved a lot of things about my father, but that, that was the one thing I just could never be on the same page with him about. So, all right, that was our cattle baron steak question of the night. We're gonna get into our Alec Bradley Live True segment now. Ooh. Uh sponsored by Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley. Visit AlecBradley.com to l- find out more about that cigars. Live true. So, guys, this is a new thing, and I I have been wanting to do this for a while. Um, and it was inspired by you guys remember MTV Celebrity Deathmatch. Mm-hmm. So if you guys folks don't remember it, they basically what they would do is they'd have these claymation figures uh, get into a ring and have a battle to the death. I mean, it was no holds barred. Uh, Anything went. You can break the rules. You could cheat and do whatever you want to win the fight. I mean, and they had some really epic ones out there. Um, I mean, I just uh, they had one. I remember uh, Oprah and Rosie O'Donnell just beat the crap out of each other. (laughs) <laughs> so I decided to say, let's, let's kind of look at this tonight. And I came up with 10 matchups. Um, I'm not saying oh, these are the best be matchups, spicy. right? Um, if you guys have your own, feel free to add along the way or, or afterwards. And I just want to know if they were in that same scenario, no holds barred, anything went, fight to the finish, who wins the matchups? All right. So the first one dean parsons of epic cigars versus john carney of la florida mendicana
2: this is a a blowout man i I love you i love you carney but uh (laughs) dean parsons played major junior in in canada uh he knows how to fight former former police yeah dean parsons beats everybody on this list we used to talk about this on the dojo all the time who wins in a cage match and Dean Parsons was always at the yeah, top of the list. I, I, he, he he for sure wins that one.
0: I'm going Dean with this one as well. Um, by the way, too.
3: Listen, man, it's uh you know when you, one of the things you learn as a kid in in Canada is how to pull a jersey over somebody's head and just go to <laughs> go to town. So you know it, it's taught taught at a young age. You gotta keep your head on a swivel and protect yourself at all times.
2: Parsons has some guns too, man.
3: Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. a machine. I mean, I I think uh, you know I. There's that one. Was it? How about the cigar? Does the uh, you know, the apocalypse who you want defending? Dean is on my list. Yeah, that guy's that guy's built. Yep, yeah. Aaron. Any other, f- yeah, I, I,
1: I'd go, I'd go, I'd go the same way. I mean, look, John Carney's he's 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 pretty ripped himself, he's, he's scrappy, but he, um, yeah, I think Dean's background kind of gives him a, a bit of an edge on this one.
0: See, yeah. I think I, the only thing i say is like, Dean will win the match. but Carney will go in prepared is what I'm just going to tell you. And he, he will oh, yeah, be, sure. I think he'll inflict some damage on Dean. that.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be a 10-second you know, match. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: All right. The next one. We're going to go brother versus brother in this one. Uh-oh. Christian Aroa versus who stole Aroa? Now, Christian's the younger brother, keep in mind.
2: Younger brothers always win. They've been beat really? up their whole lives. Yeah. And then finally, when when they're old enough, it's Katie bar the door. Uh, Christian, Christian wins. Plus, Christian I think the definitely
0: whole- has a size on him. Christian's yeah, I mean, going to win this one. I hate to say it. I love Husto, but I'm sorry. Christian I wins I think it. Husto,
2: you know, you're the older brother. You don't want to, like, pick on your younger brother. So there's already kind of a little. I think it's the younger brother in this one.
0: Yeah, I, I uh, see that with my boys. My, uh, for sure. Any other feedback on that one?
3: I think I think I'm gonna have to go Christian just just size wise. You know, I think uh, I think he'd work the body. I think he could he could he could lay some punishment down. I think uh, I think Christian probably come, I mean it, it wouldn't be pretty, but I think Christian's probably coming on top on this one.
0: Okay. So we're all on sync so far. Yep. All right, the next one. Pete Johnson of Tatawai versus Dion Giolito of Illusioni.
4: Mm.
3: Boy, those are some long arms.
1: Uh, I will go with Pete. And the reason i will go with Pete is um, you need to go up to Pete and you just need to put your hand next to Pete's hand. And then you tell me if you don't think oh, he'll he? lay somebody out.
3: Has he got some big mitts?
1: He's got mitts. He's got some mitts. I yet. looked at that right? before.
3: I'm going to have to yeah. look at that at the PCA. <laughs> That's interesting.
2: Yeah, I. This is a tough battle. I think it's a pretty good battle. I'd like to. I actually would like to see this because I think they both probably have some some street smarts. I see both of these guys as having street smarts, and um, this one could be. This one could be a a close to a draw. But I, if I had to pick, I'd I'd probably pick Pete, but but only, only just barely.
3: I mean, Dion. Dion would definitely be because he's got those long arms, right? He's got some reach, he, he yeah. Did, he got some reach. Yeah, he's got some reach. See, so you know, he wouldn't be a joke. That's for sure. But uh, man, if Pete's got the mitts, yeah, it's hard to hard to go past the mitts.
0: All right, so I think we're we're all on that one with Pete so far, but but a tougher matchup. All right, then that, we're going to Espinoza cigars for the next one. It's not yeah. what everyone thinks, by the way. We're, oh. not, we're not we're not going there. Um, <laughs> we have Eric Espinoza versus Hector Alfonso. Now oh. that's a, that's talk about two different in that one. <laughs>
1: er, 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 Eric Eric Espinoza. He's yeah, he's, I think gonna, he's got he, the agility in that he, in that matchup.
2: He's a he's a uh, even if he didn't win, he would win because
1: <laughs> Eric bro, Eric I, I won, a, bro. Well, he, I, right,
2: I he, he doesn't lose. Like he would come up with some sort of loophole. You know that Hector cheated, and uh, so I, yeah,
0: yeah. I, Hector I, I would won. give a hundred percent in this thing, though. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: But uh, Eric's going to be a lot quicker, more agile. You know, uh, Hector's going to—he's a tough guy. You know, I mean, cop and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But, but I think again, Eric has a ton of of that kind of like
0: that. I don't rat
2: sort of in the street. You know, if, alpha if, if. dog kind of guy. Um, if, I I pick Eric on that. If one.
0: Eric's got to fight dirty, he'll fight dirty in this mm-hmm. one. Is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. But Hector's I'm, got I'm, size though. You got to keep it Hector's got some uh, yeah, size there.
3: You know, sure, sure, I am sure. gonna go with Hector on this one okay. because I feel like oh. you know if. if <laughs> wow. I, I I get what you're saying in the agility. There's no question. I think it, but it's one of those things. If if it's a cage match, you know, it's a claymation cage match, and and Hector gets to go sort of red rum. Uh I think he could I think he could lay down some pretty serious punishment. So I'm I'm gonna go with Hector on that one.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. well, that's the first yeah. split we
5: have, yeah. All right.
0: So the next one we have two Bohemists in this next one. Uh-oh. This is the dojo sponsored matchup.
1: Mm, I like it.
0: Well the next one, which depends, but all right. Um okay, this one I'll say. All right. Steve Saka versus Abe Dababna. Oh, that's a lot ahead. Now they that's could go in, skull. they could go in and drag. You know, that's a possibility. <laughs> but I don't want to see a bra and panties match with these two, right? Yeah. Man,
2: I don't know. I don't know. They most they might both just pass out halfway through and <laughs> roll over. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a good one.
3: I, did, it, I did did Abe ever serve cuz I know Steve was in the, uh, the navy in the I don't navy, think right? I, I don't
0: think Abe has and if I'm wrong I apologize but I don't think he has.
2: But Abe played football and in, in Chicago and uh He's a big boy He's He's another one. Have you seen his hands? His
3: his mitts are ridiculous. Yep. Yep. You go to shake
2: his hand, and my whole arm just disappears in his <laughs> yeah, hands. He's,
3: he's, he's not now, a small boy.
0: I sat in between. Well, I don't want to say I sat in between. I sat right across from these two guys at a uh, Drew state dinner at the 2010 IPCPR, and, and and you want to talk about be- that was the first time I had met either one of them. And you want to talk about being intimidated? I watched These guys were like massive. I'm looking at them, the amount of space they took up. I'm going Abe because I think Abe is going to be the same as Eric. You know, you know, he's going to find a way to protest or cheat. You know, not that <laughs> cheap, but to, oh, he cheated or something. And I could just see, like, I had enough of this. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't need this. I want to sell cigars or something like that.
2: Yeah, that's a pretty I'm, good take.
3: I'm gonna I'm going to go with a draw because I think they're too smart to like, I think it would get to a point where they're like, you know what? This is just not a good idea. And they find a way to talk <laughs> out of it. Because they're just they're a little too wise in their age to to risk the physical punishment that that would uh, inflict. I think they're a little too wise for that.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Any other takes on it?
1: I might lean towards Steve. Um, You know, he's a super nice guy and all that stuff, and I don't think you see him get as upset as you see Abe get upset sometimes. So I think that there's probably just like a ton of pent up anger in there, just like waiting for like a matchup (laughs) like this, just to like. All right, this is where I get rid of all of it in one in one shot and just does it. So I don't know, you maybe that's why you go. didn't
0: bring up a sober mace. fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah, pay your bill. <laughs> uh, all right, the next one: Terrence Riley versus Justin Andrews. Oh,
2: this is so easy.
0: The, I know who you're picking with this one.
2: No, I'm picking Justin Andrews. Oh, really? You're going against oh, Terrence? Oh, wow. Of no, Terence won't fight. He wouldn't be Switzerland. He, <laughs> he makes so, a big. I was Switzerland. I will not fight. He will. He won't get. He wouldn't get in the ring because he's Switzerland and he makes a big point to say you just never ever fight. You just be Switzerland. You're neutral all the time. Neutral. So sorry, Terence, but uh, you you lose by
0: default because he, he won't even throw <laughs> <play> a <laughs> punch. Justin's got some. Justin's got some meat too behind him too. Justin. Justin wins because it's a forfeit. So, Terence doesn't. He doesn't go into the ring. Do you, do you remember the wrestler Leaping Lanny Poffo? He was the brother yeah. of Randy Machaman's. He was like, he could go and read a poem. <laughs> That's what Terrence would do. He'd read the poem, right? And then, then Justin would just go kick his ass. Like, what like, like happened in that? That's what I would see happen in that. I, I agree. I, I think it's a complete... This one was more of a mismatch. Um, I, I think that Terrence has no shot in this match.
1: I'm going to go the opposite way on this one. Oh, okay. Uh, for, for some of you old time... Not old time, but like not recent mma fans if any of you guys remember stefan Struve, i think mm. i think that terrence riley i mean i i don't know if he's if he tra- has trained at all but i know his son trains uh a tall lanky guy like that like
3: yeah,
1: the guy comes running in all you do is you just like
3: Knee jump up
1: triangle yep. and it's done it's over <laughs> it's like you're like oh man this was i didn't even see this coming this fast but that's how I see it going.
0: More hate, what, more what,
1: hate for Justin from Aaron. <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: I don't know what I don't know what Terrence's jit skills are like, but yeah, if he's got he he's got some jits. I mean, that's with the long legs and the long arms, that can be, you know, he doesn't have to hurt him, Eric. He can just put him to sleep, right? Yeah, he Gentle. won't fight.
2: He won't. He <laughs> will not fight. He's he. I guarantee you, he he'll just he'll say no. I I'm 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 staying neutral. Staying neutral, Terrence. See, I
0: think I think he'll read the poem. And then, like, Justin would just beat him in a minute. That's what he used to have in the That's why I kind of was thinking that.
2: Do you guys ever see the show that we did with Terrence where the entire show was we tried to make him mad? We tried to see if we could make him mad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it literally got to the point where uh, I think Jordan said to him on the show, your son sucks at jujitsu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, he's mad at you. I can we tell sh- you he's mad at you on something. We because- tried to yeah, do but he everything got, we he, could. He got mad at you because you drafted Aganorso Leaf and then didn't protect it. <laughs> okay, it came up at the Great Smoke. Just, and then Jordan did the same thing. It, it came up at the Great Smoke. I'm just that, telling you that. That's how
3: you get him. That's how you get him right there. <laughs> Bench's mm. brand.
0: All right. Now we have two tall guys. Omar DeFries of Fortello versus Tony Gomez of LaFleur uh, not Fleur, uh, Yeah, La Florida Benacana. Oh mismatch mismatch. It's
3: a total mismatch. It's Bam Bam Bigelow versus anybody. I mean, he's <laughs> Omar, Omar. Omar's like a like a Kodiak bear. You know, he gets up on his hind legs and like just the just the sheer, sheer sight of him trying to swing one of those oak trees at you. That's game over. Interesting. That's a big man. Yeah. Plus he uh, he played basketball, right?
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he's he's spry. I mean, he he could move. He would, yeah.
2: He's told me about when he like beat up four guys in an elevator.
3: <laughs> <Ooh>.
2: <laughs> the only, you know, the, the he's the only one that going against Dean Parsons might be a, a pretty good a pretty good match.
0: A match mm, with Dean. Wow. Mm. Wow. Okay.
3: Little bit, little bit of a weight class differential there, but uh...
0: I had Tony Gomez winning this one.
3: Oh wow! Yeah, Listen, really, uh, he's I gonna mean, be looking at his his crypto wallet
2: the whole time. I
0: even... wouldn't <laughs> count Tony out. I mean, I think it's gonna be a very competitive match. I think it could also go to a draw, but I think uh, I'm gonna give Tony the edge on this one.
1: Yeah, I would go to Omar. I think it's just the size is just
5: too too hard to overcome.
0: Tony All right, Man. All right, so Omar kind of gets this one. All right, next one. Robert Caldwell versus Matt Booth. Hmm.
3: That's interesting.
1: Hard to go against a Marine, I think.
3: It's hard to yeah.
0: go against a Marine. Well, I'm going Caldwell. <laughs> to- Caldwell will cheat any... It's, she- go- he- <laughs> it's a celebrity, de- it's like, a celebrity no, no death match. He will do anything done. possible to win that match. He will not. I guess.
2: I think they'd just end up in a tickle fight in the center of the ring. <laughs> right.
0: Boy, you want to talk about a bra and panties match with those two?
2: Neither neither one of them would want to take it serious. Um, I don't know. I think Booth's got he, he's real stocky. Have you noticed Booth yeah, really, really, really he's stocky, a dog, man? And he kind of comes from the whole skateboarding world, and so I feel like he'd have an advantage. Caldwell might just be disinterested, and so you know, I don't know if Robert would would take it seriously enough um so i'd probably put my money on on
0: that yeah. yeah dan says boots on this one too
3: so. i'm gonna i'm gonna have to ask booth at the uh, pca what his knife hand is like you know what is his uh marine knife hand like i feel like he's probably got a pretty pretty solid knife hand there i think i think booth probably would would end up uh coming out on top on that one all right for those who are the, in the marines
0: All right, next one. Now, this one was inspired because I know both of these guys are in the city of Nashville this week. Uh, John Huber of Crown Heads versus Juan Cancel, who is visiting Nashville. This is probably the most lopsided matchup.
2: <laughs> I think. there's a weight, there's a real big weight differential in this
3: <laughs> in this one.
2: But I don't know. Is is we I, we gotta assume that Juan's foot is better, so he can move around the ring a yeah, little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's, he's,
3: he's, he's got to be, be healthy. He's got to he's got to be checked out. He's got to be cleared by the uh Las Vegas doctors first.
1: <laughs> Anybody can be cleared by Las Vegas doctors don't worry about that. Okay.
3: I don't know man, one uh the mean the mean New York port streets. Uh I'm sure that he has had some pretty serious encounters before. Uh so I feel like you know, this this would be probably one of the dirtier of the matches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like this one would get pretty grim. Uh, I think Juan might find a way to come out on top on this one.
0: I have yeah. Juan winning close. I think Huber would put up a fight. I think Juan I would think show Huber's up. I think yeah. yeah.
2: Huber's oh, scrappy.
0: Yeah. Huber's scrappy. Yeah. And Juan would show up out of shape or, or hungover.
3: Definitely hungover.
0: Yeah. So I think we'll give Huber some, but I think Juan with the police experience, yeah, we'll 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 do it.
2: Juan would have some serious keto sweats going on, but I still think he wins.
1: So sweats is what puts it over the top for him.
2: Yeah, yeah, he'd, he'd be just, slippery, you know. Huber's submits. mitts. <laughs> can't grab him. <laughs> 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 he can't
4: grab him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, two more we got. This is brother versus brother again.
3: Uh-oh.
0: Alec Rubin versus Bradley Rubin. I think I know how this one's going to go. Based on
3: who's, who's? I've who asked these the
2: older two. Brother? Uh, Alec, I've asked these Alex, two how how it goes down. They both say they win. Of course. Um, I think in, in this mystery. case it's the older brother. I think Alec. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I yeah. That. I think you know, Alec. It- I think Alec in this one too.
3: And there's no mustache, right? All the power is in the mustache. Yeah, the mustache he shaved his young. mustache.
0: like, uh, Yeah, it's like, yeah. I
3: think Alec might take this one. If, if Bradley had the mustache, that might give him the edge. But without that, the power of the mm. mustache, I don't know. Yeah,
0: This would be the most scientific of these matchups, I would say. It would be a little more of a scientific matchup they'd have.
2: Well, this is the only matchup in all of these that has, ha- has actually happened in real life. <laughs> like,
0: this guy's Well, the we customer, don't know about the you uh, Husto might, one May have. Yeah, I'll have to find out when we have Justo on about the. Uh,
2: oh, yeah, yeah, that might have happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, have to, these will come up again with those. I bet uh, they've
3: got scars to prove it, too.
0: Yep. <laughs> All right. And the last one George Padron versus Nick Perdomo.
2: Oh, God. Nick Perdomo's destroys. It's not even close. (laughs) This is not close. I hate this. (laughs) This is not close. Nick Perdomo, like, absolutely. It's like a 13-second match. (laughs) I would agree. You know how much pent-up, boiling rage is inside of (laughs) Nick Perdomo? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that dude, he's intense. And he's ripped. Yeah. He's He's ripped. ripped.
0: He's ripped, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh look, I think I think uh yeah, George, I I think I think Nick would win this one easy. All right. Anything else? Any other anything else we want to do before before we go to break on this one? Do you have anything else on this? Otherwise we could just move on. Mm-hmm. All right. Probably good. All right, so we're gonna do one more uh break and then we'll we'll cover our last two topics here. Um So uh, first, I want to mention J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 127 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in now an iconic 113-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District of Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as El Rajol, JC Newman premium cigars by hand and hand operated antique cigar machines, including the All-American cigar, the American. The JC Newman Pencil factory is the second largest in Nicaragua. It's where Brickhouse, Pelo Domar, El Baton, Quorum, and Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond Cigars are handmade by Tobacco A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newmans have founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcdumenia.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars, the Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now, the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas cigars. Try the latest release, the Casa Cuevas Sangre Nueva. Um, and of course, you could try their core line and the Cuevas Reserva line. And if you don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas cigars. Casa Cuevas cigars from our Casa to yours. And finally, we're going to get into our uh, deliberation segment, uh, sponsored by Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. There's no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included eight consecutive top three appearances on the Half-Life Consensus, including number one cigar of the year in 2020 with the Mi Corita Tricky Chaka and 2022 with the Mi Corita Saka Khan. You can visit DTC Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. So we're kind of just going through the deliberations again. I have two, two shorter ones um, to go through. Um, and this next one, I'm going to name five companies. Okay. And what I want you to do is I want you to rate how good a job they do of promoting their brands. And don't just think of this as who does press releases or not, because I'm not necessarily looking for that, but I'm looking how they engage the media channel, the consumer channel and the retail channel. I, this segment was inspired by the announcement that CLE, um, they hired Gabriel Paneras to now do a lot of their uh, their PR, which I think they desperately needed. I think that was a really good move. I think they were a company that desperately needed that. So, But I think there's other companies out there. And I'm, I want you guys to assess, did um, they do a good job? Did they need some help here or there? Or they just do a terrible job here? You can identify strengths and weaknesses, however you want to do it. It's pretty free form, but I'm going to go five companies tonight, see how this goes. And the first one I'm going to do... Is the company owned by James Brown
5: Oveja Negra Brands?
3: Who's up first, Coop?
0: Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Since you talked, you'll go first.
3: Oh, shot myself in the foot. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Listen, I think they do a very good job. Um, you know, I. You said no press releases, but, uh, listen, I'm media press releases are a big deal. Uh, Ovea sends out the press releases immediately. They don't hold them back. Um, they're very communicative, both in press releases, chats, uh, getting hold of any member of the team is easy. Uh, they're very upfront about the information. I think on top of that, they've got other promotional channels with the, uh, cigar trips they do to Nicaragua, which I think is a big deal. You know, it's a big part of sort of getting their brand out there. Um, they're very approachable at the booth. Uh, I have personal contacts with with people there. Uh, so I, I'd say very good to excellent in terms of uh, how they market their brand, um, how easy it is to get hold of them. Uh, and I think they have pretty strong consumer engagement. I mean, obviously, Eric probably has a pretty good insight for Dojo because you guys get to see that stuff pretty clearly about how people are engaging with the brand, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think they do a good job. You know what they do good um, is they they space out their news in a in a really good way. Like yep. they there, it's almost it's it's like it makes you feel like there's stuff going on constantly. Whereas some brands will do like a whole bunch of press releases and try to like own a certain month. Well, they do it a little bit differently. They just kind of spread it out throughout the year and it makes you kind of feel like there's always something new and going on. So, I'm not going to say that they're great, but I'd say that they're very good. So, if I give them a a B B minus,
0: that's about fair.
5: Aaron, how about you?
1: Yeah, I don't agree with the guy said. Um, the the news and the releases kind of come out on a a nice, staggered schedule. Um, they're, yeah, they always seem to be accessible. Um, I, I wasn't even thinking about the trips uh, that John mentioned, but yeah, they do, you know, they have consumers come out, retailers come out. So that's a good way to get the the retailers on board, especially the ones that support them well, or the ones, you know, maybe targeted ones that they want to have come out and show maybe show them what things are like at the factory and things of that nature. But um, they do pretty well. Uh, the consumer side, I'm not really too sure about. I mean, I know they have a group on Facebook and things like that. So, um, you know, it seems to be that there's some traffic in there. Um, but, yeah, I would say that they do a pretty good job.
0: My comment on this is when it comes to their cigars, you know every cigar they have out. I mean, it's, you, you'll know about every product that they have out when it comes out. Um, they do a really good job at that. There's nothing like that. They slide under the covers with it. Um, they do, I think the point John mentioned about spreading it out I think is, is really key. They do a How's great there? job at the trade show. They do a great job at that booth at the trade show, um, you know. I, I maybe it's a little hard for James to be at events um, in the states because he is he wears so many hats and he is based in Nicaragua. But honestly, like you just said, it, John, you can get to James. You send him a message or something. He'll 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 reply to it. Um, or I think he, I think he's done for a small company, and in the factory tours, I didn't think of that one either. I think he's done a great job. I think they do a great job. They're one of the best to deal with. Um, yeah, is there always no, room I'm for improvement? Sure, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it's very good. I'd say B plus is what I would give him as well.
3: There is a comment in the uh, chat about uh, maybe some question mark around how they communicate to retailers. So I obviously, don't have a uh, good insight to that. So that kind of interesting.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, there was a comment with that. Um. So, I mean, that's Managing fair. We're hearing it from room the room retail room. perspective. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, that's what we're looking for here. And audience feedback is certainly welcome. But, but, uh, but no, I mean, I, I would say at least, I mean, I, I know I speak from the media hat. They're, they're one of the better companies I've dealt with.
5: All right. This next one I think is going to be interesting. New company, Freud Cigar Company. Yeah.
2: Well, I'll go first because I don't know a ton about these guys, but Uh I can tell you this, that at the show, at the PCA, when we interviewed the main guy, I felt like I was more excited about their brand than he was about their brand. And it was really weird. It was like a bizarre, because there was some buzz about them going into the show. If you guys remember last, last time, last PCA, and then, there i was just like i left the booth saying like god this is uh, i'm underwhelmed like i i, I was so expecting uh i don't know maybe a little bit more enthusiasm over the product and you know i it's pro- not fair maybe because i don't really know the guy or maybe he was having a bad day you know who knows um so i i guess i'd have to say they they don't do a very good job in in my opinion
5: Yeah, I mean, there's
3: there's a company that could use a Gabriel. Um, you yep. know, I think uh, I don't. Gosh, I don't even think we had a chance to talk to them at the last PCA, Aaron. We, I think we we went by we went the booth the a couple booth, of times.
1: Went to the booth. Nobody yeah, wanted to just, chat. I, I I've never spoken to anybody there. I've never yeah. seen a press release. Um, I don't. I've never, I, I don't know that I eat really, other than myself and us mm. reviewing the cigars. I don't know that I've seen anybody else really post on. Social media about
0: them smoking it.
3: Yeah, I think that's uh, developing palates 3.5. You know, it's uh, <laughs> lots of room for improvement.
0: Um, so here's what I'll say uh, Bear and I interviewed them back right before the PCA trade show, and we had Luis and Weber Ventura on. They were a great interview. I, I like I the guys. They did a good interview. Prior to that, they were working with a PR company. Um, they were still kind of going the aficionado route for the most part. Um, afterwards, like when I don't know the PR firms in there anymore, it's like a nothing burger with them. Right. Um, they had a cigar come out at, um, TPE called alter ego. Nobody talked about that cigar. Nobody talked about that cigar. There's there's nothing. And in fact, they did not, they refused to give the press release to anyone but cigar aficionado. So it wasn't like we got it a couple of days later. There was like nothing. No one's, no one's talked about this alter ego. It's not a cheap cigar. And I saw something again on Half Wheel, uh, actually as I was doing this, um, that they did a uh they're doing another cigar and they told a the retailer and they're not even commenting on it. They're take, they're making no effort to engage on any of these channels, in my opinion. And I there's a big red flag I'm seeing right now with this, especially with the way their product is a higher price product. Um, I think yeah. there's a good story behind the brand and everything because we had a good interview, but they're not doing a good job with that. That that's one that desperately needs help, I think um they they've got to figure that one out
3: yeah as a as a new brand uh it's not a good way to start out of the gate you want to have as much i mean <clears throat> you were you you've been kind of picking on don territorio a little bit uh because of the tpe stuff but you want to talk about uh, apples and oranges there in terms of uh, media brand engagement right and you know there's an example of how easy it is to engage with media you just send out a press release and say Hey, come by the booth at uh, two o'clock on the Thursday, and we'll have a uh, press. We'll talk about our cigars, and we'll talk about what we got coming, and we'll yeah. give you some insider information. All the media people show up, and uh, maybe that's a good model that Freud could borrow from.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't like when they go to cigar a company go to cigar fishing out or route first, but you're still better off sending something out afterwards than nothing at all. Um, because now you've just you've cut off a lot of channel. I and and I just haven't. I mean, I don't know if someone can. Can talk about the the, um, the retail engagement. I haven't really heard a lot about retail engagement on that one. The consumer well, engagement is the, non-existent there.
3: The, the comments on Facebook is that the retail engagement is also non-existent. So I,
0: I, I don't know what they're waiting for. You know, this these, they've got a you know they're working with some good factories and stuff like that. Um, I don't get it. I think they're I think they desperately need help. Call Gabriel, like you said, call Gabriel on that one. That's call one Gabriel. Getting, call Gabriel on that one. Yeah,
3: I'll turn it around for you.
0: Yeah. The fact that I saw a CLE press release for the first time in years uh, this <laughs> week was, was still a miracle this week. And it was, I thought it was a good job they did with it. Because so, I think they had a change to that 9 by 90, which I thought was communicated very well. All right. This hey, next one, a- I'm sure. Yeah, I'm curious about this next one here.
5: Oscar Valadares. I will go. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's it's
2: poor. Go Aaron. Go.
1: Yep. Uh, you know, I don't, I I coach a girl's softball team called the Astros, but that's closest I'll get to the Oscar validators team. I think, I mean, I, yeah, I I don't really have any contact with them. Don't see much. I mean, the biggest thing I see from them is like, If you go to the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival and people are buying the Woody to smoke and they're walking around and people want to take pictures with them, that's the that's the engagement level of what I think is going on. So
2: I think they got some good products. I mean, some of their cigars are are pretty good. And I I think they do some tour or at least get together in Nicaragua.
0: They just started or I mean Honduras. Honduras? Um yeah, my retailer just went.
2: Yeah, so I mean. I mean, I guess I'm a bad person to ask on most of these. I, other than what I see on like the Dojo verse and stuff, um, yeah. And, and do people do smoke the brand? Um, it's funny because in Honduras they have, you know, lounges and stuff as well, and you'll see like Oscar Valdez stickers on like trash cans and stuff. Yeah. Um, So I I, but I don't really know what it's like here in the States. And he's he's a good interview, you know, um, at the show. Yeah, I I, I guess I'd I'd have to just give him a mid grade because I I don't really know. Like, I don't know.
3: So I know Oscar and I've known Oscar for quite a number of years because I got to know him when he was doing events up. We had a a trade um, festival up here for a number of years and Oscar participated. Uh, I think the challenge there is that they're kind of in that weird space where they're kind of big enough to be successful and put out some good product, but because they're sort of stretched a little bit thin on manpower that I think they're trying to do it all. And so I I think where some of the gap there is, is that some of that sort of media contact um, piece might be getting missed because there's just not enough, maybe not enough bodies there to kind of cover that space. So like, you know, in terms of going by the booth, I'd feel comfortable going up to Oscar, but I also know that like, he's, busy all the time because he's you know he's trying to kind of do everything so uh you know if you talk about like a company that could use a gabriel i think there's a company that could really use a gabriel to sort of bridge that gap to uh be a lifeline for media contacts for sure i i don't even know aaron when's the last time we got a a press release from oscar varadaris i
4: don't think i've ever gotten one
3: no yeah so It's it's been a minute
0: yeah so that's some good points. So what I'll say is, um, anytime I reach out to Alvaro, uh, who's Oscar's right hand man, and when I get to Oscar, they are responsive. Uh, more Alvaro than Oscar. He's because he's tougher to get to. Um, so but I'm always having to chase them down for stuff, right? I feel they could be a little more proactive with that. I do think they do a good job, at least from what I see in Charlotte with the retailers. They're very well engaged with the retailers. Um, they do a really good job with that. Um, I think the consumers, they could do a little more, you know, you mentioned the factory tours. I didn't even, there was, again, that wasn't really promoted really those factory tours, you know, they just kind of started happening. Same with like Oscar's coffee company. It's, it started happening there. The whole Island gym thing and the leaf by Oscar is, is very confusing because now that's merged in and they really haven't provided any clarity to anybody on that piece. um, and, you know, they did it, you know, say what you want. They got to the they got to, they got Houston Astros smoking their cigars. Right. Um, I think they could have did more to promote that. Like, look, like, look El Septimo, say what you want. El Septimo promoted the crap when when the Super Bowl teams were smoking their cigars. And good. They did a good job on that. You can say what you want about El Septimo. They did a good job on it. I think, Oscar, they need some more help. I think it's it, they're a smaller operation. I think they're leaving money on the table. Is kind of what I'll just say. They could easily do more to to be. To just promote that brand more, but they're not horror. I think Jay said it, not oh, great. great, but not terrible. And the press release stuff news? is like I said, they've never anything I've gotten them press release is really the stuff they send to the retailers. So I've had mm. to ask them for that, and it's constantly I'm having to ask them for that. It's like every time I go through this,
3: email doesn't seem that tough to me. You know, you put in an address, you send the you send the attachment. It doesn't. It, seem it, that it, is,
0: it is it is such low hanging fruit. Um, and, and I think their social media is okay. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's terrible. Again, I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's terrible, but they do have some stuff. They do promote their, it, it's like, it's not like the Freud situation where I don't know they're not even promoting their own stuff. So I think it's a little better, but it could be, it could, it could be a little better is what I'm saying now with Oscar. All right. This next one I'm really curious about. So
5: Rocky Patel.
3: Do we get press releases from Rocky Patel?er
0: We used to. No. No. There was a that's, time we that's... did, and then they now the guy's gone.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's surprising for a company that size, you know.
1: I think they do well on the consumer engagement. They do lots of events and things yeah. like that. So they do a lot of that. Yeah. Um and obviously I can't speak about the retailer engagement, but uh media wise, um, you know, not with personally, I don't have any kind of real contact with them so can't say much for that but I mean I think the consumer side is far more important in regards to that
3: they also do tours
0: yeah we've been doing those yeah. for a while I think they've cut yeah. back on them but but yeah they've done them
2: so this is a company I mean obviously they're doing something right because you know they're selling a gazillion cigars um, but this is one of those big companies that just absolutely does not care about the the sort of like the craft hobbyist in in the industry at all they've just completely like you know they 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 do the cigar aficionado type of guys they do the you know they do all that really well but they just like you take a company like perdomo right perdomo is top three in sales every year like they're huge right but they still care about this side of the market like why leave Why leave some stone unturned like they're they're interested in um, the boutique hobbyist as well. Like they're still trying to connect. Rocky Patel, they they don't care about that at all. Like they've just completely completely ignore that. And now, hey, man, more power to them. I'm sure they're making a ton of money selling a gazillion cigars. But from my side of things, like it just seems like they just ignore the you know the 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 real hardcore smokers they're more it's you know guys that golf, guys that you know all that kind of stuff it that's that's their that's their market, and they don't they just don't care about this side of the market at all. I know we're a tiny we're a tiny little chunk of the market because us hobbyists that freak out about cigars and read and and try to smoke everything we're not there's not that many of us, so I guess they just figure why waste our time
3: but I mean <clears throat> to your point, Eric. From a media perspective, I've walked in the Perdomo booth and Nick made time. Like, oh, Nick yeah. He always made makes time. time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I cannot, I could not beg, borrow, or steal time to get FaceTime with Rocky. That's literally an impossibility.
0: We've gotten it, but we've had to get help to get to it because right. he's so slammed at the booth. We, so we've, we do have a contact in there. That we've worked, Ben has a contact, and that's worked out well for us. And he'll give us plenty of time when we're in there. But it's it's tough. I would agree with you on that. What I'll say about Rocky is everyone knows about Rocky's releases, right? So I, I don't think there's a problem with that. Like everyone know that that they came out with, um, you know what they what they've come what out. What was the
1: with. TAA last year, Coop?
0: Well, that's the TAA. <laughs> the T- yeah, they did terrible. Like, but every company does a terrible job with the T. Why well, not say every, about seventy five percent of companies do a terrible job with the TAA. They, they, they just don't, I mean, they just don't put any effort into it. Um, you know, so, but, uh, but the, yeah, by the way, does anyone know what Rocky Patel's TAA cigar was in 2022? Right. Eric, do you, do you know that? No, no one knew. Right. That, it, that's it
3: the winter collection.
0: Oof. It was the decade Habano.
3: Bono. Uh,
0: yeah. But, uh, but for the most part, people knew about the Edge twentieth anniversary this year. They knew about the the DB the DB the DBS release. Uh, They've known about the sixty. They, I mean, for the most part, they get it out there. But I almost and I think they do a good job at, at like retail and consumer engagement. But to me, they're like a sleeping giant, like Fuente was a couple of years ago, um, where they could be. They, I think, they just leave money on the table. Um, they don't, they don't really engage well with the media. I mean, I, I'm going to be, I don't think that's by design. I think it's just from talking to Rocky, it doesn't sound like it's design. They're, they're just, uh, they don't have, they, they need people to do that for them. And, um, but I think if they had like a social media, like Rocky you know, group, or if Rocky did what some of the Fuente stuff were doing, Rocky could just turn into this ginormous like machine like that. I, I think they just... It, they they you know they could do a lot better with that so I don't they're doing something right I think one of you guys said they're doing something right I just don't think they're 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 doing what they are capable of doing
5: Pat and happy yeah all right the last one La Aurora cigars
2: well I mean obviously with the news this past week maybe they're um wanting to Do a little bit better, uh, taking on their own distribution and whatnot. So, but typically terrible, I would say. Like, does anybody know what they're doing? I have no clue. Like, I don't even pay attention to that brand.
0: When Nate McIntyre was with Miami, they did a great job with that brand. But when Nate left, like, they became invisible. Yeah. Now there's a new team in place. They started communicating with the media. Uh, the other things, I think the retail and the consumer channels, now that there's a U.S., I think that's a to-be-determined. we got to see how they're going to do it. So I think it's an incomplete with this one. I'm willing to give this new team a chance. Um, I did get the chance to spend some time with these guys at Pro Cigar. So I'm willing to give them, and I think they want to work with media, and they want to work through all these channels. They know they have a lot of work to do. But, you know, for two years, they were, you know, it was in limbo with these guys. So they have work to do.
3: How do you think their engagement was with media to TPE,
0: Coop? Uh, it, you know, uh, that was – there was a lot of re- – look, I think media did a bad job at TPE. They didn't that, wasn't go to the the question.
1: that wasn't the question.
0: How did they do? They didn't – according to what – I talked to Charlie about this. They really didn't send a lot of people to TPE. Yeah, so I don't in think person, they did – Yeah, they didn't do a good job. I think they left the – answer, I'll answer the question, John. They should have had people – there talking about this. I mean, I understand they're in the Miami cigar booths, but it had to already be a you know, kind of like the divorce is final. You're just waiting for the divorce to be finalized at this point. So if they're in there, why not have someone in there talking about what they're going to be doing? And why not, you know, talk to some media folks about what's going on there? They did they did advertise they were at TP and they did a booth thing. Um but you know this is going back to the Don Doroteo thing. I saw media covered more Don Doroteo then La Aurora, and by the way, same factory. Yeah. So that was kind of where I went with that. Um, they're going to have a chance at PCA to prove themselves. So this is going to be a big one. Let's see how they do it at PCA.
3: Well, that'll be that'll be an interesting topic for the uh, PCA recap show. Maybe we can uh, <laughs> maybe we can score them and see how they did.
0: Yeah, I have a. There's going to be a, when we do the uh, when we do the PCA uh, when we do the PCA um, preview show when we do the over unders. Uh, we're going to have over unders on people who cover Laura and Oliva this year, by the way. So
3: if you weren't going to say it, I was going to say it a number of times that, uh, Aaron and I walk into the Oliva booth and, uh, look like John Travolta trying to find somebody to talk to.
0: See, we had no problem with it. That's why I was wondering about that's why, but, um, I don't know. We'll
1: wear our Cigar Coupe shirts and we'll get taken care of. I'm sure.
0: Yeah.
3: Maybe, maybe my camera's not big (laughs) enough. I don't know. Maybe I need a bigger camera.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying, if you're covering Don Doroteo, and I have no problem if you're covering Don Doroteo, you got to cover La Aurora. You have to. I mean, I'll chance. tell you
1: why that's not true. Don Doroteo reached out yeah. to us, La Aurora did not. Thank you.
0: I understand that. But, but uh, in the end, uh, to understand covering Don Doroteo, you, you probably have to invest some time in La Aurora. That's just me. Well,
1: you could say, oh, yeah, we had our cigars at, at La Aurora. Yeah. Fantastic. Can you yeah. make an introduction to us?
0: Fair. It's a fair. Yeah, that's a fair comment. Well, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna give this team a chance. Uh Ed McKenna, who used to be with uh General, is is kind of heading the operation up. And it sounds like he's he, there's a lot of things he's gonna be doing that have been different in the past. So um I'm gonna just see what happens when we get the PCA with them this year. This is a big opportunity for them. All right. Um and I, I may look, we, we maybe from time to time we'll revisit this segment with other companies, but you know, we could do a whole show on this too, but I just figured we'd do five. I wanted to see how that went. All right, last topic. Um, chat GBT in the, cigar, chat GPT in the cigar business. Why should I care?
1: Mike, it's a good blends at some point. <laughs>
0: well, for folks who don't know what chat GBT is, because I'm not sure I totally understand. I know it's AI, but what is, what is, what is about it? Like, Because maybe uh, John and Eric and Aaron, maybe you guys know more about it than the old guy like me.
3: I mean, where do you, where do you want to go? Um, it's, I don't know if it it's going to be that impactful in the, in the cigar industry, but in a sort of wider media internet sphere, um, it's probably one of the most disruptive uh, technologies in terms of uh, search engines and SEO and advertising for the last, I don't know, 14 years, 15 years, basically since the start of the internet. I mean, The way I would essentially describe it is if you use Google today to try to find an answer, if you're searching for information or you're searching for a website or you're searching for you know, how old is a certain actor, you're given a list of results to sort of parse through to get that answer through searching. The purpose of ChatGPT is to ask a question and get an answer. Now, sometimes that answer is incomplete or sometimes perhaps that answer is actually incorrect but i'd say for the most part you like and I'll, I'll give a sort of a really obscure uh example of this because uh, i was going through some old kung fu movies eric i'll appreciate this we we're watching some old kung fu movies and uh now i can't remember the movie we're watching but at the start of the movie they have uh all of these sort of vignettes of like classic kung fu movies and they're they're like really fast they're giving like basically three second clips of all these sort of like these are the 15 classic Kung Fu movies that have ever been made. And I was like, oh, that's really fascinating. I want to make a list of movies for us to, you know, so I can watch with my wife and kind of take her through Kung Fu movies. I could not get that answer. I literally could not find any place on the internet to answer that question. And I said, you know what, this would be a really good question for chat GPT. And I said, what are the what are the movies that are represent? And it not only did it give me the list, but it actually gave me a link to IMDb for every single one of those movies in one big list based on that question. And then it had follow-up information. That was all off of like one one sort of very simple question. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a very interesting and very probably disruptive technology for the better. I think that's uh, that's coming out. That's kind of my answer.
0: Aaron, you
1: mentioned even, about go ahead, Aaron. I was even beyond like just search, um, like it, you could ask it to do something for you.
0: Right.
4: And
1: it will do it for you. So like if you say write me a press release for this cigar that uh you know has this blend, it will write the press release for you. And there you, uh, go skip. you can send it out to there you the, go skip. So if you if you if you write, <laughs> if you want to write uh, a program, a code to do something, a script to do something, then you can tell it what you want it to do, what language you want it in, and it will write it for you. So there's lots of things where like it just, you know, it it's smart enough to know, you know, what to pull, what information to pull from where. Obviously, you can't just blindly go by what it says because you'll end up driving yourself into a lake or something and not paying attention to what you're doing. But, um, yeah, lots of people are going to lose their jobs, so look, be be ready for that.
0: I had a good use case for it. You mentioned blends. You mentioned the blending, and that, yeah. that's one thing. But how about trademarks?
1: Hmm. It's too complicated. Too complicated for that coup. I don't know. Why is it too complicated? If, if, if Google search is too complicated, they're not going to use ChatGPT to do any kind of trademark search. All you have to do, all you have to do, is Google the name you want, and it'll come up with the results. Like that's the easiest thing in the world.
0: For the most part, there are some exceptions to that. I'll say, sure, but I mean, but I've seen the, we've seen the Captain Obvious stuff. I mean, yeah. with the Google search, yeah. By the way, a cigar company. Uh, you contact me. I will do the Google search for you. <laughs> for <great. laughs> I'll save you my. I've offered to do that. No one's taking me up on the offer. And Coop I just. GPT. Coop GPT. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Now, Eric, you've played with this probably a little bit more than I have, right? You were doing some of the stuff with the uh, with the people.
2: Yeah, and that's a, that is a different part of ai um jordan's really good at understanding chat the thing with chat gpt is it just keeps getting better so like right currently right now um if you if you look on sports websites or uh, other websites that do like a lot of content um all the time they're always putting out articles you can almost always spot the chat gpt written articles yep um they're Oh, really? They're, go- they're good. Like, they're good. But that's about as far as you could say that they're just good. Like, they're not – they they still don't have the really uh, – it's, it's more of a general article. And then the, mm-hmm. towards the end of the article, they might add, like, a paragraph themselves that's, you know, written by a human so that it's a little bit more relevant. But ChatGPT keeps coming out with new versions. So – remember this technology's just bursted onto the scene and it's already pretty good so you can imagine what you know chat GPT6 or you know is going to be like eventually you're not going to be able to tell the difference between you know a human author and the AI author um what we were doing was uh mid-journey when we were having some fun with you know, asking uh, AI to give us images of um you know cigar personalities mixed with you know, maybe what their personality is like, right. Eric Espinosa is alpha dog. So like made like kind of, and so there's all kinds of different versions of AI. Like Jordan was using one this week. that was really super handy. Like we were making some graphics for um, some music, a music, a band. And um, the, the AI could spit out the image that we wanted, but just not at a very high resolution. Well, there's an, another AI that's like image upscaler and it, it does incredible. Like normally like you could upscale an image in Photoshop and it tries to do the best it can and it'll sort of blur lines, but it'll, it'll try to make it a crisper, large high resolution image. Well, these AI, um, you know, tools, they can upscale your image and you can't tell that it's been upscaled. Like it looks literally amazing at a super high resolution. So there's some really good use cases for, for AI, um, it, it just gets all down to the fact of it's still get, it's still difficult for most people to use. But who knows what that'll be like in the future? I'm assuming probably it won't be too long before you know Photoshop has those tools built right into it, and so mm-hmm. it'll be easier for um, end users to to use without even knowing that they're using AI. You know, mm-hmm. and so uh, it's a great tool. It'll just keep getting better, and it, just like any tool. In the, hands of, in the hands of a good guy, it's a great tool. In the hands of a bad guy, it could be a really bad tool. Um, so it's just a tool, you know?
0: All right, I'll close it out with this. NFTs, chat TPTs, which make it and which fizzle out?
2: Well, neither are going to fizzle out. Um, they both have too good a use. Uh, there's, there's great uses for both of them. NFTs, when they first started... They there was no functionality to them. It was just like, well, this is a this is a crypto token, but it has something attached to it. But now these NFTs do all sorts of great functionality. So uh, that'll that'll in- get better and better and better. Chat GPT will get better and better. Neither one of these is gonna fizzle out. This is just the way of the future. This is how, gotta... how about
0: for the cigar industry though?
2: Well, I mean, that depends on what you how you want to use them, right? Um there's going to be uses for some of these things and there's not going to be use. I'd say in the cigar industry, the NFT thing will probably fizzle out for the cigar industry.
0: Yeah. I was wondering, remember the, the first NFT that came out was the United one with the Atabay. Mm-hmm. And I think it lost some momentum is what happened. I think they had an interesting concept at the beginning, but now I think it's lost some momentum because some other people have come in. You know, obviously the floor came and did their thing. And now Abe's going to be doing his thing this year. So I think they may have lost a little momentum, but you know, they were the first ones to do it. And I was wondering if we would see a ton of these, like conce- they call it conceptual cigars. I was wondering if we were going to see a lot of these. It, really, we haven't seen it. But they did sell those NFTs, from what I remember. Uh, United did sell those NFTs.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, from, a, from a use case perspective, I think ChatGPT is probably a more useful f- tool for the industry. Like, like if you feel comfortable with technology, like, and I'm not kidding uh, you kind of poke fun at skip in the press releases, but that, that isn't actually a joke. Like you could, you could actually go in and say, I need you to write me a press release yeah. with this criteria from this company. And I want you to, like, this is the title of the cigar. This is the blend. This is the price. Write me a press release and and you could type one or two sentences and it will literally give you a decent press copy that you could send out and and you know maybe you modify a couple things, but it would probably take 45 minutes to an hour worth of work and and distill that down to a minute of typing. Like it's it's a it's an extremely useful tool. And you know, to Eric's point, I think you do have to know how to navigate it. And you know, I think there's always been a bit of a technology barrier in the cigar industry um but if but if I'm a marketing guy in the cigar industry I absolutely would be utilizing chat gpt to write copy and write emails and <laughs> and respond to stuff frankly and if you're looking for a raise it'll write an excellent request for raise uh article or <laughs> email that you can send your boss by the way it's very very I mean look it, yeah.
1: you could really have a good customer engagement using ai for your responses and stuff like that because you know obviously this is high level stuff and I don't, who's going to implement it, but like you, it could receive an email from a retailer. It can check into your inventory. It can let them know what you have left or whatever it is. And it, you know, you could set all the parameters for how you want to discount all that stuff. And it, it would just be taking care of stuff for you. Like it's, it's at that, it, it could be at that level. So, I mean, there's you no know, Microsoft's implementing it into all their tools for like CRM and email and all that stuff. So it's going to be, you know, a lot of these times when you're going to be engaging with some of these larger companies, uh, you're not gonna. It's not going to be a human emailing you back or any of that stuff. It's going to just all be automated uh, processes that are handled by AI.
0: Could they do cigar reviews? Could cigar reviews? Could it actually go to cigar review?
1: Of course, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: It could. Fact, it could for sure write one for you. I mean, yeah, I don't, it,
0: obviously, yeah. it can't
1: taste the cigar, right? So.
3: So I, I, am actually planning, uh, and I haven't talked about this, but I was actually planning to, uh, take some, some sort of rough criteria of a review and just pump that into chat GPT, just to see what kind of copy it could produce just as an experiment to say, you know, these, these are my tasting notes, write me a review based on the style of this website, and it will go and scrape the website and come back with information. Um, and you know, it could be interesting.
1: I did stump it, though, the other day.
3: Did
1: you? I asked if I could explain the development palette scoring system.
2: And then it was broke. Yeah. <laughs> it it was was
0: well, I just stumped it. I just went on here, right? And I asked, what, I, I, so I asked, what was Rocky Patel's 2022 TA cigar? And they said, basically, they only had cutoff date up to September 2021, right, of, of yeah. knowledge. So I asked them what Rocky Patel's 2021 TA cigar is, and they got it wrong. There you go. So they said it was a uh, six and a half by fifty-two, featuring an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Broadway binder, and fillers from Honduras and Nicaragua. No, it was the and I validated this. It was the uh, Rocky Patel Vintage Two Thousand Six Bala. Yeah. So, so they. So it's not that. That so chat. Even the ch, uh, chat GBT can't get a TAA cigar right. <laughs> I mean, what, what does that tell you? <laughs>
2: Now is that the fault of Chad ChatGPT or <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's kind of the TAA fault? We already know that
0: because there's no because there's, there's no information. They don't. Right. Yeah, the information has to
2: yeah. come from somewhere. Yeah. So
0: yeah. yep, yep. And if you haven't heard the news, the 2023 TAA cigars will be very limitedly covered by Cigar Coop. We're not dealing with twenty chasing down twenty cigars anymore. So there's there's your, there's your but uh but yeah, it did not have a uh it did know what the TAA was so but that was it hmm. so so interesting it'll,
2: it, it'll just keep getting better but again it's that it, it still has to pull information from somewhere it doesn't yep. it doesn't pull it out of thin air it's so not a vacuum, it yeah. has to come from someplace Yep.
3: yeah i think i think some of the fun with it might be uh this year's nfl draft i'm i'm actually tempted to go in there and see um kind of what its take on the with the new version coming out, with the, what the take is on where the draft is going to land and see how accurate it can get some of those picks. I think that'll be kind of fun, John.
2: Gonna, tried, or, go you got to use it for your fantasy football drafts. Who should That's I? Who said. should I? I yeah.
1: tried to do that for fantasy baseball this year. And oh, it you says, did? I can't predict. <laughs> it says the first thing I can't predict the future. <laughs> so like, all right, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, who should so I we're, pick between these two guys, and just like, it, I'm not,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna be responsible for this. <laughs> yeah. all right guys we kept it under three hours so uh i think we're gonna call it a night here uh but i do appreciate eric and john thank you guys for joining as well we do appreciate it um just a note uh we will have a show next week to be determined uh and then uh, we have a show the following week and i'll announce the guests for that uh in the near future with that so so you want to stay tuned for that. We do have some shows lined up going into May, but next week's still open. Uh, it's, it's Easter week. So we'll see what we can do on that. But guys, uh,
2: Koopa, thank- uh, just uh, on this topic of PCA and stuff, I, I will have a Scott Pierce tomorrow night. And so Ooh. I'll ask him some of these questions that we talked about tonight. Um, <laughs> One of the okay, questions I'll, I want to I want to ask him is what does the PCA think of TPE? Like, what do they think of? What do they What do they talk about behind closed doors? What's the relationship like?
0: Yeah, I want to. Yeah, we got to get to the dirt on this. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. So, uh, one thing again, um, we all could say you know Scott has been very um when we've asked any of us have asked him to come on a show. It, yeah, it's, great guy. It's not been a, it's not been a problem, and we did not have that ten years ago. Is what I'm just telling you It was. It was very bad, and he uh we beat him up on some shows from time to time so um yeah I mean, I think it's I think it's great that he's doing that so uh, look forward to that so that's tomorrow night on on Smoke Night live yeah Okay. um oh we have a we have a uh, jukebox show on Monday as well on jukebox we're gonna be talking about artists that have had three hit albums in a row, which mm. the list is very small is what we're finding out Van so, Halen? See, Dave and I, dispute. I think Van Halen has, Dave's saying they don't, but I, I think Van Halen has done that. Um, and uh, we have our Battle of the Bands going on as well. So, Eric, just to let you know, because of you, I am no longer picking <laughs> Rolling Stones and you too.
2: <laughs> oh, you're a good man, Coop. Uh,
0: but uh, Hector did pick Joshua. He has Joshua Tree going up against Simple Minds next week, so... We'll see what yeah. happens with that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll sure see what happens. But, but John, just a we gotta mention that for John. The John had the ultimate upset of not an upset, but he had a he had like an epic matchup of Michael Jackson's Thriller, the top overall seed in the tournament, against uh, Master Puppets by Metallica, and it was like one of the most. It was the biggest battle we ever had outside of a final, mm. and Master Puppets pulled it out. <laughs> so John,
3: <God>,
2: I, <laughs> I hope so.
0: Jeez.
3: The uh the metal band seem to be doing a lot better in the uh Battle of the 80s albums than uh, I think any other bracket that you've had previously.
0: Yeah, although Iron Maiden, uh well, I don't want to give that one away, but Iron Maiden's in a, s I'll just say is in a battle right now. Uh-huh. Um with um why am I drawing by who that the match up against? Um who that's your bracket. Who do Iron Maiden go up against?
3: You'd think I'd know this.
0: Yeah, I hmm. could not.
3: Zz Z- Z- top, Z- top. Against, yeah, and that's uh,
0: yeah. yeah, Zz top's doing much better than I thought. So
3: and that's a that's a great Zz top album. So yeah. you know, uh, again, I think if if the metalheads are going to get rallied for the final day of voting tomorrow, it's going to be the, very very interesting.
0: The metalheads are doing very well. Um, the hair bands are doing very well. Uh, the female artists have already been eliminated, and the um, <laughs> they too terrible every once they, they, but and um the hip-hops are not doing well
3: did hip- did rush did rush ultimately upset
0: rush rush won, yeah over go public canada.
3: go canada go canada the canadians are in it till the end we're going to try and uh, see if we can get rush all the way to the final
0: yep Yep. so we'll see what happens with that um, as well i i predicted that by the way at the start that the clash was going to win your bracket so wow so uh yeah baby Yep. So we'll see what happens with that. Fun man. London calling was my pick to you in your bracket. I thought, but I thought it would be thriller in the bracket final. So,
3: I mean, it's one of the you know just for album sales. I was just from the perspective of like one of the top selling albums of all time. Like not just the '80s, but like you know for 30 years it was one of the top album sales. I figured it would it would uh, be a little scrappy, but uh, don't mess with metalheads, man. They
0: come. Well, the metalheads, the metalheads, and the hair bands have come out. Yes,
3: right. Um, Master of Puppets, baby.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, again, thanks, guys, for doing that. Thanks to our audience, uh, as always. That's going to wrap up Primetime Episode 262 into the annals of history for Thursday, April 6th, now Friday, April 7th on the, the East Coast. Happy Easter to everybody. We'll catch everybody next time. See you guys.
3: Stay safe.